Hi, this is Steve. Over four years ago, when John and I started The Cinephiles, we had a few simple rules. The most important of which is that we would only explore movies which have stood the test of time. Eventually, that vague principle became our 10-year rule, and we've stuck to it ever since. But on August 28th of this year, something happened which made us realize that every once in a while, even the most important rules deserve to be broken. Chadwick Boseman was more than just an actor, more than just another guy in front of a blue screen pretending to be a superhero. From Jackie Robinson and James Brown to Thurgood Marshall, and of course the King of Wakanda, Chadwick Boseman showed not only tremendous range as an actor, but also tremendous power, dignity, intelligence, and character. And when we discovered that he had done all of this while privately battling colon cancer, we must add personal courage, discipline, self-sacrifice, and a belief in things more important than himself. So, when a bunch of you on social media suggested we break our 10-year rule to honor this incredible person, we instantly knew it was the right thing to do. But exploring Black Panther eight years early just didn't feel like enough. We wanted to do more. You see, while Chadwick Boseman was secretly fighting his own battle with cancer, he was also working tirelessly with children suffering from the same disease. His commitment to this worthy cause has inspired us to form a partnership with the National Children's Cancer Society. This incredible organization supports kids and families facing what is often the most challenging moments in their lives. To help them, please visit www.thenccs.org slash Black Panther. That's T-H-E-N-C-C-S dot org slash Black Panther. Now, our goal is to raise at least $3,000, at which point a matching grant's going to kick in doubling every penny we raise all the way up to $10,000. Now, we know that breaking our rule is a big deal, but the fact is Black Panther is an absolutely incredible film with far more depth and meaning than your average superhero adventure. And to help us explore this great movie, we are welcoming two amazing guests, critics, pundits, and experts on all things geeky, Jay Washington and Winston A. Marshall. Now, all of you know that The Cinephiles likes to go deep, but these two guests might have taken us deeper into the world of Black Panther than you could possibly imagine. So if you were hoping we would have enough material to make this a two-parter, trust me, you got nothing to worry about. Who knows, if our second recording session is anything like our first, we might even have to stretch it to three. So, if there are any of you who haven't actually seen this incredible movie, you need to take a journey of discovery to Wakanda by way of cinephiles.net, where you can buy or stream Black Panther along with every other movie we've ever reviewed. So, that's a fundraiser for the National Children's Cancer Society at thenccs.org slash blackpanther, and part one of our rule-breaking exploration of the film itself, with special guests... Winston A. Marshall and Jay Washington, this Friday on The Cinephiles. Tell me how to best protect Wakanda. I want to be a great king, Baba. Just like you. You're going to struggle. So you'll need to surround yourself with people you trust. You're a good man. With a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be king. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film, we explore its themes, the history, the filmmaking, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris. I'm a filmmaker and directing instructor in Los Angeles, California. Hey everyone, my name is John Roca. I'm a writer, producer, and host on the, on the Outlaw Nation, and a voiceover artist as well. Excited to get into this one today. And as all of you know who listen to the show, we have rules at the Cinephiles, and one of our <laughs> most important rules is that we will not explore a movie until we are absolutely certain that it is it has stood the test of time, and that means that it has to be ten years old. And yet today we are breaking that. We are breaking our most important rule, and I'm so I'm not happy about the. Let me say that again. Yeah, I'm not happy about the reason <laughs> that we're doing it. But I, I think it's absolutely the right decision, and the film we are going to explore is Black Panther in honor of the great Chadwick Boseman, who we lost so tragically just a few weeks ago. Well, you know, Steve, we've been doing the show for four years now, uh, crossing 200 episodes, and we've never broken our rule for anything. And it took uh, the monumental loss of Chadwick Boseman for us to break our rule in this special case, and we couldn't ask for a better film to break the rule with than Black Panther, which was nominated for Best Picture and certainly um, elevated the genre of superhero films and uh, finally served an underserved section of the nerd community with an incredible film and an incredible performance from Chadwick Boseman. Well, and I think we couldn't be having two better guests to discuss this film with. Absolutely. Very excited to welcome these two gentlemen to our show. Very happy they both said yes. We'll start first with the Mad Titan himself, Mr. Jay Washington. You know him as a pundit, critic. You know him as a reviewer. You know him uh, from game time, talking all his mess. But also you know him as someone who is very adamantly and proudly a part of the nerd world. Uh, he hosts a show with the other gentleman we got here called Blurds in the Hood. And they're talking so much about uh, all the stuff that goes on in the world of nerddom from the black point of view and from the human point of view. So uh, welcome, please, to the show, Jay Washington, and also uh, his partner on Blurs in the Hood, also reviewer, pundit, uh, all-around crap talker uh, in the Schmodown, but one of the best managers working today and a man who's really blown up as an actor and as a, as a performer himself. That is Winston Marshall. So, gentlemen, welcome both of you to the Cinephiles. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I, first of all, I, I've never seen John Roca talk so seriously in my entire <laughs> Dude, life. Dude, I, I, I had to be I, like, am I on the right I, show? Like, is this a, is this the right podcast? I had to, for Roca to come in and be like, uh, thank you so much for coming to Cinephiles. We're so happy to see you here, and uh, we're so glad that everybody... Listen, we normally have a rule is, that we don't uh, break, no. and you know, we make sure there's 10, I, 10 years, and we know that if we're going to break the rule, this is the perfect film. My, you know. my, mind, my mind was just blown. I, one, one minor addendum, and this is mainly just because uh, my manager has been on top of me and making yes, sure please. everybody else does for branding purposes. Uh, Winston A. Yes, Marshall. Winston. Because there is a Canadian actor named Winston Marshall, and I don't want none of this dude to get none of my wow. that, that guy, that guy doesn't hold a candle to you. Winston, that, that, yes. thanks, just thanks, absolutely. Dude. I appreciate. I do it. not respect the Winston without an A. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate. It. Winston's up there again. I keep getting submitted for these roles. I have no. I, <laughs> I'm not in LA. Eh? I don't know. I think there's a like a Canadian mounted police role in your future that you're really gonna, gonna I think do the, well with. I think the best part is the Winston Marshall is probably some 22 year old skinny white kid, and he's <laughs> all of a sudden. No. No, 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 It's this, it's this, uh, he's like, in, he's almost 40, uh, he's jacked, 
But this this dude is ugly. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I can understand like, why you want to differentiate so. between the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we maybe we cut that part out of this. Anyway, yeah. no, we leave that in. <laughs> I will definitely either cut it out or leave it in. Uh, one of those is going to happen. Definitely. Um, one and one other thing we're doing that's completely different is that we just felt that just talking about one of his films wasn't enough, and that mm-hmm. with the the real heroism that he showed, particularly near the end of his life and working with kids with cancer while concealing the fact that he was had stage four colon cancer is so remarkable. And we felt that to honor him, we wanted to have our own, you know, raise some funds for kids with cancer. And we partnered with the National Children's Cancer Society to do our fundraiser on our own. And this is an incredible organization. What they do is that they raise money not for the medical treatment, but for all the costs that go around this because if you imagine your kid gets diagnosed with cancer man that's not just a disease for the kid the whole family has things to deal with for instance if someone had to um had to travel to new york for some kind of cancer treatment and they had to be there once a month well sure insurance is going to pay for the treatment but they're not going to pay for the travel expenses for the hotel expenses they're not going to see what happens with that family in the time after the cancer to give emotional and psychological support the ncs does um, they do scholarships for these kids so that they really think about the whole life going forward and the life of the family going forward. They're a great organization and we, we're, we're honored to be working with them. And we also have a donor who's giving a matching grant. So if we manage to raise $3,000, well, then another $3,000 is going to come in automatically. And that will go all the way up to ten grand. So we have the opportunity through the Cinephiles to raise $20,000 for families that are really in need. And all you got to do is go to org slash donate dash Black Panther. That's the nccs.org slash donate dash Black Panther. I'll have the link in the show notes so you can click on it there. Please try to go through that uh, link because that's how we're going to see if we make it to that $3,000 to get that matching grant. It's a great cause and we're really proud to be working with them for the cinephiles and in honor of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, um, um, so that's the one thing we're doing differently. And, and I got to say, just right off the bat, having spent a lot of time digging into this film and digging into the life of Chadwick Boseman, I'm so happy we're doing this. There's so much to talk about. So been so powerful for me over the last couple of weeks, really working on this, and I'm very, very excited for this conversation. Yeah. Um, let's start with Chadwick Boseman, and just I want to give a little bit of brief biography. He was born in '76 in South Carolina. Uh, he started writing plays in high school, and this is the thing I didn't know about him: is his whole pathway. He was going to be a writer director. He didn't. Pl- the only reason he started being an actor is because he wanted to learn more about how to work with actors as a director. I just find that really, really interesting. He wrote and directed plays all through college. He went to Howard University, um, the same university that Thurgood Marshall, who he would let her play, went to. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one more thing is that one of his uh, mentors is Felicia Rashad. And Felicia wow. Rashad was so impressed with him that she raised money, including from an actor named Denzel Washington, Washington. Yeah. to yep. help I've him go off that. and study. Yeah, so everybody saw that this guy was special. He's teaching uh, uh, drama in Brooklyn, moves to L.A. in 2008. That's when he finally decided he wanted to really do this acting thing. And he was doing theater here 
writing, directing, and acting in theater for years. And he, he one of his early gigs, and this is just kind of amazing to me, is he, he got a gig on All My Children. <laughs> and he got fired from his gig on All My Children because he was making a stink about the racial stereotypes in the scripts of the characters he was playing. Well, he's always been that way. Yeah. And you want to know who got cast in his place when he got fired? Who? Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> right? Wow. wow. Who had no problem, apparently. Wow. <laughs> so that was... is hilarious. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, and that's he's, he's directing a play off-Broadway in the East Village when he got cast in 42, and that's in 2013. Mm. We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about these other films, but thinking about like the fact that this guy played Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, James Brown... Mm-hmm. And the King of Wakanda, I mean, that's a remarkable set of roles, mm. you know? And, and I wish I had him here that we could ask him, was that on purpose? Did you choose these? Did you have a plan, you know? Because most actors, they don't get an opportunity to decide what kind of roles they're going to do. But that's a remarkable set of roles. I, I, I would have to go back and search the, I'd have to rewatch the interview, but I, I was, um, blessed to have interviewed him uh during the captain america civil war uh like release when that happened and i actually brought that up Uh, ironically i messed up in the interview and i was like man you i nicknamed you mr history like you played you know jackie robinson and jackie brown and he goes you mean james brown and i was like oh (laughs) shit and he was just like he was like he was like no 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 it's totally fine i love when people do that they do it all the time uh but, you know, I'd have to double check his thought on it because I just asked him, I was like, what is it like to play this many iconic black characters and to, like, make that your thing? Like, everybody has, like, their thing. Like, you know, um, before upsetting hella black people on Twitter, I mean, Terry Crews was the high energy, like, mm-hmm. muscle guy, you know, like, um, uh, you go to, like, say, Chris Rock if you need, like, a really funny, like, lead or supporting character to come in and do stuff. And, and this is what... Chadwick does. Chadwick comes in and plays people, played people that were larger than life. And, and people at critical moments in history. And what, what's interesting yeah. to me, too, is they're not the same. Like, if you watch no. his performances as Jackie Robinson and you watch James Brown and you watch Thurgood Marshall, which is my favorite of them, by the way, like, mm. they're all different. Yeah. But that's a testament to his range as an actor, you know, and also to show that even when need be, he can be comedic in a sense, Mm. you know, because we get these serious roles. When you're talking about Jackie Robinson in 42, we're watching the struggles of a black man trying to make it in the majors like and to have to deal with that level in that range. But then you go to James Brown, who has some of that, but he's one of the he's known as one of the greatest entertainers in the world at the time. You know, we see that, you know, you get the thing of the seriousness and the, the brevity and in, in when he plays Thurgood Marshall. But then you go into Black Panther where he starts to at first when we see him in Civil War, it's one thing. Mm. Right. But then when we get to Black Panther itself, it's he has a little more fun with the role because mm-hmm. you see him playing around a lot more. You see the humor in it and everything and a different again, the different levels of Chadwick as an actor. I, I think he shows incredible. And again, it just goes to why this guy's at such a loss because you go, man, what else did he have in him? Oh, there was so much to come. You know what I'm saying? I'd, I'd be hard pressed to believe, Steve, that a man who uh, raised a stink on all my children and probably right. for not that big of a role uh, would step forward and not have a conscious path here 
to create something new. If you watch his, uh, to create the, uh, to take on these characters to show that the black community can play these other characters, can't, these other characters can carry weight in the, in the theater. And, uh, you know, it says in that Howard graduation speech or what he says there, or the, whatever is the valedictorian speech or whatever it is he says, like, you know, you have to make a conscious decision to walk a new path, to walk a different path. And don't be afraid to walk that path. You may feel alone on that path. But the doors that were shut for you, God will open them if you are, if it is your destiny to walk down that path. Absolutely. And so for him, he is proof positive of that. So to me, I think it was very much a conscious effort. And thank God for doing so. Thank God for doing so. You know, it's really powerful for him to do that and show that you don't have to play these stereotypical characters, which all of us, Winston and Jay and I certainly know as, as actors of color, we are confronted by those roles all the freaking time and wonder if we should or shouldn't take them. Certainly Hollywood Shuffle and Bamboozled are two incredible movies that show you how dangerous that path is to walk. But um, it was a beautiful thing about those movies, too, because it they pulled no punches. Yep. Right. And because of movies like that pulling no punches, you have these actors who can come forth and say, look, I'm not doing that. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting to me, like, I, I like 42, but I love uh, Marshall. And his yeah. performance in Thurgood Marshall has such confidence in a way, like, it, the, the, the way that character exists within that world is so amazing to watch. Yeah. Is the choices he makes. Um, a little bit about Black Panther. Obviously, it's a Marvel comic created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in 1966. I didn't know the first plan to make a movie of it. Do you guys know? Uh, it was done a while. Ago. It was a while. the script had been a while. There there had been a Black Panther in place for a while, and it was like they didn't know if it would ever get traction. At one point, then there was another director before it gave it to Ava, who turned around and gave it right. to Ryan. Mm. Right. Well, and the first one is Wesley Snipes, nineteen ninety-two. Yep. Oh. John Singleton oh, possibly yep. going to direct. Damn. Damn. Right. Um, and of course. Yeah, that never happened. He did Blade instead. And then, as you say, when you know Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe starts, they start announcing that Black Panther is going to happen. I think you know Ava DuVernay is as a d- first director. Man, that would have been an interesting movie too. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Coogler hired in 2016, um, and Chadwick Boseman plays Black Panther for the first time in Civil War, right at the same time he gets diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. I, I don't understand how a human could do what he did over those next four years? I feel like just from, from again, with the experience with it, I, the thing that I think people would say about him the most is just how giving of a spirit mm-hmm. he is. Um, and I think that's one of those things that, you know, finding out he was stage three at the time, you know, that's not necessarily a death sentence, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that there was a mix of both, I want to be able to give this, to people I, that's why the, the infamous you know interview of those two young kids that were trying to hold on so they could see black panther why it got to him so much but i think the other part of it is we whether you're religious or not there is this idea of fate or purpose and i feel like he knew regardless of how his fight was going to go that his purpose was to play this role i mean to play all of them that he did but i think they're they're it was not lost on anybody in that film how important that movie was aiming to be 
I think it went above and beyond the wildest imaginations of what they thought, considering, you know, where it held in the box office, considering it's the only MCU movie with an Oscar, like considering it led a cultural revolution. You know what I mean? I think that deep down he knew this is this is supposed to be how I leave my mark as much as much as all the other films. I'm not I would never take away from 42 or or Thurgood or or, uh, get on up or anything like that. But um you know how there's just, there's certain things you do in life and you just know. Yeah. I think that that's the vibe that that kind of read off of him when it came to Black Panther. Yeah, it seems like this is for the bigger purpose. This is for his race. This is for his people. This is for um, what was his destiny, his purpose. Like this is a bigger platform, a way bigger uh, stage to show what he can do and to show that there is an audience for uh, this character. There's an audience who wants to see mcu movies who maybe wouldn't normally go see other mcu movies but there is and there's something proud to speak about africa to los angeles that connection of the black community in both areas like that all of it it was operating on a way bigger level and so there was a responsibility on his end to see this thing out it is it definitely was excuse me and Mm -hmm. you know to know that he had a director and he could trust Mm -hmm. in ryan coogler somebody coming off a movie as powerful and impactful as fruitvale station you know, to right. go from mm-hmm. that legacy, uh, the legacy, yes, of Oscar Grant, to tell us the legacy of a comic book character. And when you say that, it's because for some people, that was the only character they gravitated to. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, when you have the Spider-Man, the X-Men, the Batman, Superman's, all them. But then you have somebody who looks like you. And not only does he look like you, yeah. he is powerful. And I'm not talking about in strength. He is a king of a nation and the richest character in the entire comic book universe. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? You have those things. And then when you go into Black Panther, you're you're not only talking about the legacy of Africa, you're talking about Oakland as well. You're putting Oakland on the map in representation. That was to me the biggest part that I thought that was so beautiful. You know, knowing that you know obviously uh, uh, Ryan Coogler has such strong ties to Oakland, to have that go full circle. So again, like you said, his first feature being Fruitville and and telling a very human story, but a very tragic one of the death of Oscar Grant. To then bring it back to a similar death at the start of this film, but then to be like Oakland is where Wakanda is going to come in and we're going to help improve relations uh, for for African-Americans and for black people in the world. Like, I think that that that's beautiful storytelling in and of itself that I know Ryan did on mm. purpose. You know what I mean? Um, and And again, I feel like, you know, Chadwick was proud to be a part of it. I mean, he's you know, it came out uh, not shortly after his death. That he was the one that came up with Killmonger's death. Mm-hmm. Yep. The fact that he was like, this needs to go deeper. Like, why doesn't he talk about how he doesn't want to, you know, die in mm-hmm. chains? He'd rather die free. Like, that's how Chadwick's mind moved. He was moving throughout cultural symbolism and and um, and whatnot. Well, and this goes back to him being a writer and a director, you know, that he's thinking beyond, you know, what the meaning of it. And I'm going to say just a really weird thing, which is that this is when we're recording this is just a few days since we lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. regardless of the politics, this is a person who was holding on through cancer in order to stay long enough to do what she thought was right. And I know it's a weird comparison between a Supreme Court justice who is 87 years old and this young man who is acting in a Marvel Comics movie. And yet I think there's something there. Mm -hmm. I think he was holding on, you know. 
a thousand percent. I don't I don't think that that's a weird comparison because inspiration and hope is just as important as actual as the uh, law legislation and change. You know what I'm saying? Like you you need someone like Chadwick to encourage the next Obama. You need someone like uh, Diana Themyscira to incur- help encourage the next Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, you have Ruth Bader Ginsburg to expire, the new next Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But you know what I'm saying? It's that that mentality of I can be powerful, I can be good, I can be all these things is what inspires the next generation to find their own way to do the same. Well, also, when you're an actor, one of the things we know is... We, we do a performance and we want people to see that and we want our performances to resonate with people. Mm-hmm. But again, you have somebody who they, they want their performance in real life as opposed to the fictitious life behind the camera to resonate. Yeah. And that's something you got out of Chad with Bozeman. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and interesting, you know, Ryan Coogler, I, I already respected him a lot. But then digging into this movie, my respect for him just went through the roof. One thing he said was he says that this was his most personal movie so far. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think that is a fascinating thing because you think the guy made his independent you know, film, <clears throat> the Fruitvale Station, about where he grew up, and now he's doing the big, huge, giant Marvel movie. But the Marvel movie is the most personal. And listening to him talk about it, I really understand why. He, he, he grew up reading comic books, mm-hmm. um, and one of his big deals with Marvel was, I need to bring my people from Fruitvale Station are going to work on this movie, mm-hmm. including Rachel Morrison, his cinematographer, production designer Hannah Beechler, which, by the way, the commentary track is Ryan Coogler and his production designer. And she is amazing. What an incredible person and what an incredible vision. We'll get into some of that. Brought his composer on. He took a lot of elements from Ta-Nehisi Coates' run on the comics. Yep. Um, I didn't realize that Donald Glover and his brother Stephen did a draft of Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. No, wow. Yeah. Um, uh, and everyone working on this said, wait, this is an opportunity to do something very, very special with this film. And it's funny, John and I, we just came off of doing Million Dollar Baby. Now, Million Dollar Baby and Black Panther are obviously movies that are very, very different. But one of the things that we kept seeing in Million Dollar Baby is how deeply connected thematically everything is in the film. Everything is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Everything is supporting the themes. And I think that is 100% true of this film. This is a really deep film. And the more you dig into it, the deeper it gets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what one thing I found interesting is that where Ryan Coogler says he starts is he needed to start with a question. And the first question he asked, because he grew up in Oakland, like Killmonger. By the way, I was living in Oakland right around the time of the flashbacks in this film. Um, and, and what his big question he wanted to ask was, if there was a Wakanda, how would I feel? Yep. And that's a deep, deep question. And that led him to think about things like, am, am I my brother's keeper? Or who is my brother? You know, And that led him to think about the difference between altruism and self-preservation. And that led him to think about ideas of colonization and borders and identity. And that led him to go, you know what? I have to go to Africa because I've never been to Africa. And that trip to Africa led him with his crew and different people led him into all these discoveries, which he brought back into this film. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really remarkable. That's how you get the language of Shosha in the movie, because again, yep. his visit. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. Looking at the wardrobe and the the actual print and the design from the tribes themselves, and to take that symbolism and bring it back and apply it to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and this is the thing I want you to think about as you watch this movie. Yeah, it's a great Marvel movie, great action sequences, great superhero stuff. It's all there. But everything is here for a reason. And there's a deep, uh, there's a deep uh, structure underneath of it, thematically, that is profound to me. Uh, would you like to get into this film? Let's do it. Yeah, because I have something about the very opening I don't think anybody, very few people realize. Well, the opening is this prologue where we hear the story told and we hear the history of Wakanda. What is the thing that, uh, that we don't know about? This is Killmonger's arc. Yeah. The story is Killmonger's 100%. arc. Yep. That's, Kill, that's Eric asking Njobu to tell him about home. Baba? Yes, my son. Tell me a story. <laughs> Which one? The story of home. The movie is not T'Challa's arc. It's Killmonger's arc. I think that makes so much sense because who does Ryan Cooler connect with, it, particularly at the beginning? Yeah. Yep. It's Killmonger. A thousand, it's, a thousand, it's, a thousand, it's Killmonger's yeah. arc. Yeah. Didn't hit me until I was watching it today with headphones on. And I heard, uh, you know, this is us, the actor. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, I heard Sterling K. Brown, and I was like, oh my God, he is talking to Killmonger as a child. Mm-hmm. Millions of years ago, a meteorite made of vibranium, the strongest substance in the universe, struck the continent of Africa, affecting the plant life around it. And when the time of men came, five tribes settled on it and called it Wakanda. Son of a... And it just never occurred to me because I just always defaulted thinking it was uh, T'Challa's dad, T'Chaka, who was talking to him. But no, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's uh, him. And I was like, oh, my, wow, what a whole different it, perspective it throws into the movie. Yeah, it was it was why, like, I, I caught it even the first time I watched uh, it, but it didn't click until they decided to open in Oakland. The first live action that we see is in Oakland. And I was like, well, you can't have a flashback if somebody in the flashback isn't present. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's the only reason why Sense. I connected those dots. You know, it is something that does get missed the same way that a lot of people don't realize that Avengers Infinity War is not an Avengers movie. It's movie. a Thanos yeah. movie. Yeah. That's, that is mm-hmm. Thanos' yep. movie. The, the Avengers Endgame is about the Avengers. Yep. But Infinity War is a Thanos movie, and the same thing. This is, I even though it is titled Black Panther and whatnot, this is a thousand percent Killmonger's yeah. film. Well, one of the things Ryan Coogler said is the movie's called Black Panther. It's not called T'Challa. And Killmonger forget, is right. also a Black Panther. He's also a Black Panther. Right. People yeah. forget that. Right. We we see the Golden Jaguar suit because mm-hmm. that's the one that he puts on. It's called the Golden Jaguar, but it's it's still representative of the Black Panther. Right. And so we all hear Black Panther, Black Panther. We're all like, yeah, Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. That's the Black Panther. But we forget until later when he gets the suit, we just look at it as a momentary thing instead of going all the way back to the very beginning from the very first five minutes of the film. Absolutely. Well, and the, and the big thing that's set up is, you know, we get the history of Wakanda, that vibranium is there, we get where the superpowers come from, but we also get this decision where Wakanda decides to separate themselves from the world. Yeah. And that is the key thematic choice within the film that we're going to explore from all these different angles, is what is the consequence from this choice of choosing not to be involved when all sorts of terrible things go and happen in the world. But as Wakanda thrived, the world around it descended further into chaos. 
which also, if you notice, they they talk about all the terrible things we got. You know, a lot of people forget that when they talk about how the world changes. Yeah. You see actual slavery happen. Yep. Yeah. Oh, they God. make sure to show yep. you. Yep. You not only do you see the wars, but you see American slavery happen. And it's again the 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 things the themes that you see are done for a reason. There's a reason you see slavery happen because again, as we'll go into later, what Killmonger talks about. Yep, hundred percent. Well, and let's go if we go right from there to Oakland in 1992, and this is you know, Ryan Coogler was six years old in Oakland in 1992. <laughs> he put the milk crate up on the basketball hoop, like he understood this world. And we start with the kids, and they see something glowing in the sky. By the way, this was shot in Atlanta, and it's shot right across the street from the church where Martin Luther King is buried. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Which, it's not, that's not part of the movie, but I bet when they were filming, that was part of the movie. You know what I mean? That's so I almost wouldn't be surprised... If that the, your, his production designer and if Ryan didn't openly go, let's try and find something yeah. like that. They're not just as like an Easter egg, but like again, knowing that this movie is for the culture like that, that they wouldn't have put the energy into um, trying to add that as part mm-hmm. of the story. You know, um, the we go inside where we meet Sterling K. Brown, and now we see one of the first uh, aesthetic choices that's made, which is that Sterling K. Brown is dressed in blue. And blue, every color has a meaning in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. And blue is the color of colonization. <laughs> and because the slaves were taken across the ocean to another world through the Middle Passage, and that color blue is marked onto everything having to do with the Western world. And Zuri, who's James, who he's with, is wearing purple because that's the color of the spiritual uh, tribe in Wakanda. So everything's here is for a reason, and they are planning something. And they have guns, and and there's they hear something, and they go, "Is this the feds?" And I have a question: Do did any of you are you guys thinking about the Black Panther Party at this moment? Yes, yes, absolutely. Interesting. I, 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 go, go well, ahead. growing up in the Bay Area, like that, and I, you know, I was I was a kid in the seventies, like. That was just clearly we're in Oakland. I, you know, the, the, are the feds coming? This is like the Black Panther Party. Like that's the first thing I'm thinking about. I, I might be, I might be hallucinating because I, I saw the film again recently. I want to say the week Chad died, so it's been, it's been almost a month. Um, but if I'm not even mistaken, there's even a moment where you see either Zuri or um, Njobu. Njobu, Njobu, yeah, Njobu. Like one of them does that classic look out the window, like Malcolm X, yeah. famous yeah, yeah. Arrow, Malcolm X doing that. So like it, I, I a thousand percent connected those dots, and that that's that's what that was because you even that ends up being Killmonger's almost platform is exactly that is that like I you know I'm out to defend my brother, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? So I I, I can I I saw that symbolism uh, early on. It was it was kind of interesting to see how that evolves uh, even in this scene. 
yeah. you know, uh, once once T'Chaka shows um, up. And, and by the way, one of uh, Michael B. Jordan's, the people he was looking at were Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, Bobby Seale, Huey Newton, like those people. And the thing, it's so weird to me, and, and apparently from everything I read, there's no connection that the first Black Panther comic comes out in July of 1966. The Black Panther Party is founded in October of 1966. Mm. Like they're right, and apparently no connection with what what, uh, Stan Lee said is that, or there's a rumor that the name Black Panther came from the 76, the 761st Tank Battalion, which was a segregated army regiment Mm. in World War II that had one Medal of Honor, 11 Silver Stars, 300 Purple Hearts, and one of the guys serving in that regiment Jackie Robinson. <laughs> wow. Um, and wow. That, that's where the name Black Panther came from. But I just got to say, I'm going to say it real quick, but it just, it feels important to this film. What was the Black Panther Party formed for? It was formed as a police watch group to, to, to monitor police behavior in the Oakland Police Department against police brutality. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's 1966. By 1969, they're serving free meals to kids. They're running health clinics, education clinics. They get infiltrated by the FBI and destroyed. Yeah. You know. And do and for those of you who are listening, do your research. Find out. Don't just get spoon fed the stuff you hear about the Black Panther Party and the, uh, the easy clickable uh, clickbait headlines that you read. Do your research and really find out what happened here, and then think to yourself why they would want to destroy it. Think about that, and think about what's happening now with how you hear people wanting to destroy Black Lives Matter movement all the time. That's definitely the the fallback of a lot of people, just immediately, destroy it, destroy it, destroy it. Uh, And then they go, well, what about America and all their history? No, 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 we can't teach that. What's the difference? If you're going to destroy one movement, one section, one people for things that that an occasional minority does within it, uh, what's the difference that uh, then you should uh, have that judgment on everything. And if you can accept the country for the mistakes that it's made, then you better look at that movement a, 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 a second time and, and analyze that a little bit more um, it correctly in your mind. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I thousand percent agree. I mean, there was, there was this constant idea of trying to compare the, the Black Panther Party to the Klan, mm-hmm. but that's they couldn't be further right. from the truth. Yeah, well, and if you want to know why you can't carry a weapon openly in California, it's because Ronald Reagan, Reagan. signed a law to mm-hmm. stop the Black Panther Man. Party from carrying guns. Oh, yeah. That was literally every people forget that very easily. People are like, oh, why can't you open carry in California? They pay, and they, some people will go, well, the Black Panther Party. Yeah, but why? Reagan yeah. did it because they legally were able to. And the moment the Black Party took arms, he was like, no. So so we're in this we're in this room in Oakland and there's a knock on the door and James looks through the eye you know the people and there are these two women look some spears. I love his line. These two Grace Jones looking chicks. They own spears. <laughs> um, um, boys, it, open the door because they're not going to knock. They're not going to knock it, again. He said it so calmly too. They won't do. They won't knock again. <laughs> yeah. And they ask his name and he says Prince Njobu. Son of Azuri. And, and one of the themes that Ryan Coogler says is throughout this film is hiding in plain sight. Mm-hmm. That's something we're going to see over and over again. And they ask him to prove who he is, and he lowers his lip, and we see this tattoo, this glowing tattoo. The war dog tattoo. The war dog. Is that what it's called? It's called a war dog tattoo. Um, and then in walks Black Panther. But not our Black Panther, because this is T'Chaka. This is his father. 
Which his suit was actually pretty cold. I just it was pretty awesome. Was I pretty want cool. to just say for the record that yeah, suit that dope. suit was pretty dope. I'm like, cool with what Sherry came up with, but, but that's a dope suit. <laughs> but but like the funny thing about that too that I love seeing the suit is you could and this is even more beautiful like production storytelling and costume design is like it looks dope, but it also looks old yeah. school. So when you do get to Chala's suit, you go, "Damn, we have advanced in you know 20 years." Like you see the technological upgrades at the same time, it's pretty Very cool. Very cool. And the actor playing uh, T'Chaka is the is Atandwa. I think it's Atandwa Connie, which is the John son of Con- this. Yeah, John Connie's son. Yeah. Um, and this is oh, this is these are brothers, and they embrace, and we go, oh, okay, this is gonna be all right. And then we start hearing about this theft of vibranium, and he basically asks what he knows about it. Why are you here? Because I want you to look me in the eyes and tell me why you betrayed Wakanda. Like, do we pay attention to how cold it he did it? His yeah. how Tachaka did it? He says, I want you to look me in the eye and just tell me why you betrayed. Didn't even go like, I'm gonna give you a chance to explain. Like, I want you to, you know, try to come up with some story, not explain, excuse me, but give give some like BS reasoning why you did it. Like, just look me in the eye and tell me, because I know. You can't lie about. It. He's basically like, you can't lie about this at this moment. I trust me. I know. And then you know, and Jobu's like, what, "Hey, what are you talking about, sir?" <laughs> well, and I mean, well, this is the thing: is that one of the things about this movie is the destruction of the perfect father. You know, mm-hmm. is that we want to believe that T'Chaka is the great man, but one of the things about this film is like, what is the great sin here? It's connected to T'Chaka. And then what we have another betrayal because he turns to James and it ends up that he too is from Wakanda and he is a spy on your spy. Mm-hmm. It's another betrayal, another hiding in plain sight. And that is play that actor is Denzel Whitaker, who has no relationship to Denzel or Forrest Whitaker. But looks like <laughs> wait, wait, no, what? Denzel Whitaker is not related to Forrest Whitaker, even though he looks exactly right? like him. He looks exactly like yes. him. And even to the point, even to the point where d- d- does he also have like the the eye condition? It looks like he does, does, but it's not the exact same thing. I know what you're saying, but okay. yeah, everybody thought that was Forrest wow. Whitaker's son. It's not. That's huh. wild. That is absolutely right? wild. Did you think that you were the only spy we sent here, Prince Njobu? You will return home at once, where you will face the council and inform them of your crimes. And. We cut to the kid outside who looks up and they see lights in the side go through the sky and he drops his ball. And you know what? It's weird because he just, you, you think about this, the kid just knew. I mean, there's nothing that references that says you should go specifically to your apartment. If we think about it, because even when we later when we talk about it, you know, he just go, he just knows to go home to his apartment. He right. sees the ship go. And then he's like, "Oh, but then, but now that I think about it, again, it goes back to the very beginning. He, he knows. He about knows about Wakanda. But percent. that's why I'm thinking of this. Like, but I'm just saying, like, you have to put these pieces together. Yo, you want to you want to hear another little twist that you probably didn't <laughs> even think about, Jay? A little, a little, a little, a little black Easter egg for Shoot. you. Uh, when did Killmonger? When did Eric go home? When the lights came on, bro. Oh yeah! Oh oh yeah! There, it was it was night. It was it wasn't, but it wasn't even the streetlights. The lights of Wakanda literally lit up, went home, and that made him not only go home to his apartment, but him decide I need to go. Oh, home I need to go now. home. Home. You see what yeah. I'm saying? It's it's 
Like, I know that sounds like a weird kind of whatever, but for that to be the last thing he sees is the lights to come on. Yeah. I would not doubt that at all. Right. Ryan would drop So this is a black mama thing we need to to know about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the thing about this movie is that it's thematically connected because what we don't know when we're watching the first time, but what we later find out is that that Prince Njobu is dead. He's been killed by T'Chaka and that this kid is going to go home and find a dead body. And that this is the son, this is a son, a child of Wakanda that is just completely abandoned, you know, left behind. And that is, A, horrible, and B, symbolic of the relationship from Wakanda to, you know, African-Americans, to the slave trade, to the, that, that is all of the children, all of the family that they have left behind. And that's the reason why, because his, the, the, the mother of the child who died is not Wakandan. She's from Oakland. Yeah. So that's why he left the child. He's like, yo, even though his mother's dead, like, yo, you can stay. You're not a pure Wakandan child. Well, I, I think the other thing that this does really great symbolism for uh, with and again, just Ryan's connection to Oakland. It's the same issue that you have with with gang violence in cities like Oakland and whatnot, where it is a situation of these internal squabbles amongst brothers are are leaving children orphaned Mm -hmm. so it's almost in and of itself another metaphor for what someone that was raised in uh you know a situation like that might also have to deal with i mean it's it's crazy how layered ryan the team really made this film and we're we're, we're what five minutes in right right literally five minutes in yeah (laughs) well and it's like the you know what do you expect the child who you know is born into violence becomes a violent person why would you expect anything else to happen? And then we go to the present day and we're in Wakanda and we're or not we're in Wakanda, but we're in what Ryan Coogler describes as the Air Force One of Wakanda. And we're hearing kind of the update, a little exposition drop. And I love, by the way, t- how technology is handled in Wakanda. It is so cool. There's so many cool ideas here. The sand tables are the best part, the, you know, giving you the 3D model of everything you need to know in the moment. And again, I just want to point out, this is all figured out. So when you decide I'm going to design Wakanda, you have to figure out what the technology is, how the technology works. And one of their goals was that it needs to be more advanced than anything we've seen in the Marvel Universe. And it has to be connected to African aesthetics, African culture, African way of doing things. And so everything's built on that, you know. That's it's 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 some amazing design stuff. Um, and we look down and we see there's this caravan and then we hear, you know, that he's going to go down and do something. And Okoye is with him and she goes, you know, wants to come with him. What no, you got to go. You got to go to the face she makes beforehand because <laughs> she grabs her spear. She's like about to go. And he's like, no, General, I have this. And she got her face like, OK, no need Okoye. I can handle this alone. Hmm. Like she had that if you say so face. <laughs> okay. I will get Nakia out as quickly as possible. Just don't freeze when you see her. What are you talking about? I never freeze. And he drops out of that plane. Again, arms sort of folded in that Wakandan salute. Uh, hits some, throws some blue thing on the car, which is like an electromagnetic pulse or something, wipes him out. And the cars won't start. And now we're in sort of this scary moment where the, these people, soldiers, they don't know what's happening. And then we get to see Black Panther take them out one by one. Ah! Oh my God! Oh my God! 
And, and one of the choices he made is that it's all lit by uh, tracer bullets, by flashes, by explosions that you only see a little. It's almost Batman-like in the way they handle Black yep, Panther yep. in the scene. Mm -hmm. And we also cut into this truck where there's a group of women, including Lupita Nyong'o, who's Nakia. Mm -hmm. And when Black Panther sees him, what does he do? He free. He goes. He just goes. Hi. Hi. <laughs> like he's he's a lovelorn kid at the moment. He's just hi. It, it, it's little like it, it's literally like into the Spider Verse level of freeze. You know. Yep. 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 Hey. hey. <laughs> um, and then of course Okoye jumps down and, and kicks some ass. She. She might be my favorite character in this movie. I, it's so hard to oh, pick. Yeah. But Look, she, everywhere she is, she's amazing. Look, Denai Guerrero oh. is one of the best best choices of casting you could have for this role. We already knew how badass she was as Michonne in Walking Dead. Yeah. So coming into that, and then you're putting her in this top rank of this elite female fighting force. That there are no dudes yeah. in any in any part of the Dora Milaje. There are no dudes. <laughs> and the fact that not only are there no dudes, but all the dudes in Wakanda are terrified of them. Even in the battle that we, we're going to get to at the end of the film, it's like 12 of them versus the entire tribe yeah. <laughs> by themselves. And they're handling, handling them for the most part. Well, well that's so. one of the other great things about this movie. In addition to dealing with African-American issues and all the cultural issues, this is a woman's movie. You know what I mean? Uh, so oh, a bunch yes. of the most powerful, oh. most important characters yeah. are women in this film. Um, and, and and we also, without really any exposition, we get a sense of what the deal is here. That this is some war and there are these women being captured and they're young boys that are being forced into this military and all this stuff without putting a lot on it. And that the Kia is here to help. And I, I love the moment, too, because this is going to be one of the tensions is how much do we go into the outside world and help or do we stay away? And Remember, we, she tells him, "You ruined my mission." She, she yeah. had a like. She tells him, "I had a job to do, and you just came here and ruined it." Basically, not to be, not to sound harsh, but to tell me your daddy died. Yeah, like you couldn't have texted me. Like we, right. this is Wakanda. We have advanced technology. You right. could have got this message to me somehow. But I think that's what's brilliant, isn't it? Because before you get too reverential about Black Panther, you humanize him with this thing that all of us have gone through where we get in front of a woman we like and we stumble around with our words and do stupid things and like make excuses to see them. And this is what he did. And it's brilliant. It keeps you like it keeps you it keeps you from getting too far into like uh, idolizing him. It's more about humanizing him. And certainly in that moment, you get that. So I love it. Well, and, and like in all good movies, we're doing multiple stuff. We're introducing these thematic things. We're introducing this romantic relationship. We're introducing like what the world is like outside of Wakanda. We learn a lot about Okoye and what her. And I love the moment, by the way, where she tells the women, like, you will tell no one. And then there's a little <laughs> smile yeah. where you could see that she's happy that they did this thing. Well, because the other thing that's so interesting and that they get into that further in the movie and most people know, Wakanda really is about just... We Wakanda. We don't. We don't mess with nobody. <laughs> so this was just, this was purely because we had to go fetch Nakia. We'll save these people, yeah. which is why she's like, "You ain't gonna tell a guy." So <laughs> I mean, yeah, because Okoye fight. did come out of whole like speak nothing, and the fact like it's almost as if the legend of the Dora Milaje holds weight itself, and the, and the Black and the Panther, Black Panther yeah, holds yeah, weight yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. all those women were basically like, "Okay, I mean, we just <laughs> like we just happened to get up out of here. We don't know what happened." <laughs> Yeah.
one of the other themes is the tension between the traditional and the modern, and that Okoye sits at a really interesting place in there, and where she is in terms of getting out into the outside world. Sister Nakia, my prince, we are home. And we have that great moment where we fly, you know, through the illusion into the world of Wakanda. Unbelievable. That was the first time I, cr- I cried a bit. Like, I cried throughout this entire movie. Winston, I think you probably did, too. Oh, okay. okay. This was the moment I think I really broke down the first time because I just saw brought to life my childhood. Mm. Not just the character, but his world. You know, there's certain ways you see Wakanda in the comic books, and you have to have a perception of what it would look like third and fourth dimensional. But now you see it. Yeah. And it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry here. I can tell you the moments that I do. Most of them it actually involve Killmonger. Yeah. Um, but I audibly gasped. I definitely was like, like they went through us, <gasps> like just, just completely like a child that just found out that they're getting a dog for yeah. Christmas. Like I was just like mind blown. I mean, the jump Ryan does here from like Creed or Fruitvale to this movie is incredible. Because that just that op- just that sequence alone shows you the breadth of the vision that he had for this movie and the incredible people working with him who brought it to life. You know, and you got to give credit to Louis Gorenson, the composer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the score for that moment yeah. when he when she is over the horizon and when Okoye is con- she's driving the ship and she says, "Sister Nakia, my prince, we are home." And if you hear, it's almost like that beginning of the Lion King moment. Where yeah. the sun is hori- is rising over the horizon, and you hear this waking up of everything, and then as it comes through, you see the the, the farmers and herders. It's everyone's greeting the royal talent. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's this beautiful orchestra that that accompanies accompanies it going into Wakanda before they land. Did did you yeah. feel? I mean, this is, this is just me as a, a white dude asking this question, but but like that moment of <laughs> that moment of we are home, I would think yeah. that yeah. has significance, mm-hmm. like that has deep meaning, you know? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was. It, it's it's something that I've always wanted to do. I haven't been uh, fortunate enough to travel to the continent of Africa yet, um, but it's the, something that I've heard from a number of black people that have from America, from all over the world, but especially from America. To go from a situation where you're counting how many black people you can see in the room to feel any sort of like kind of safety or inclusivity to everywhere you look, everybody looks like you. And, and you know, and, and on top of that, like Jay mentioned about how beautiful Wakanda is, it, it was through since this is through storytelling, it was that moment of just like, damn, like, yo, we home, baby. Like even <clears throat> even to the point where I made fun of John the other day on a show we did where he, you know, he made he made a comment. And I was like, you know what? That was so off base, I, I turned my Zoom background into Wakanda. I was like, I had to go home. I, I had so like, so like, it, it, it a thousand percent has this feeling, and that and that's what came out of this movie. That's why everybody doing the Wakanda Forever salute and doing the doing the Mbaku challenge and and everything that came out of this film, it all tied back to us mm-hmm. talking about yeah, we are Wakanda and we are kings and we are you know mm-hmm. so thousand percent <laughs> um we get off the plane and we meet shuri his sister Letitia wright and of course the great angela bassett oh it's, I mean, just um, regal man 
absolutely amazing. Um, and, and I love that we have a little moment in this very formal thing where they go, did you freeze? <laughs> like an antelope in headlights. <laughs> so, so great. But again, that humor we talked about earlier with Chadwick. Again, this is the humorous part. This is that brother and sister. No matter what, they're prince and princess. He's about to be king. And at the end of the day, they are still just brother and sister who will nag and ride on each other. And one of the things they're going to talk about is she's there because she wants to improve a piece of technology. And he's like, it's fine. And she, her attitude is everything can be improved. And again, the tension between the traditional and the advancement. And Shuri represents clearly change. She's all about change. It's that part of that theme you brought up, Steve. Again, anything can be improved. The way we handle our relations with the world, the way we are as a culture, things can improve. It's nothing wrong with it. Even when you go... When we the next scene, which is setting up for the initiation, the tribal, you know, the coronation, Shuri challenges it then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love the pairings that they do of that. So remember, Okoye and Nakia also represent yeah. that because Nakia being and going to be a spy and being out, there's a conversation she has later about that, about like we need to expand what we think is whatever because I'm more hell bent on protecting. Not just our country, but the world where Nakia or uh, where Okoye is of the mindset, I defend Wakanda. So it's that same, that push pull happens with so many pairings of characters. And it's beautiful to see another setup right here, like you said, of Shuri representing that. Well, one of the things Ryan Coogler said that I thought was so interesting is that he was inspired by the movie Lincoln and by The West Wing. Is that he likes mm. that multiple people having different points of view arguing about things yeah. and that's what we see in, in in these stances in the kia and okoye and like they mm -hmm. all represent slightly different positions that they're we're going to try to negotiate out yep even even wakabi when we get to him later it, absolutely uh, you know daniel kalua's character he wakabi does uh mbaku does all these like you said all of these different people have a different point of view of life and the fact is they're all are right collectively yeah mm -hmm. That's my guy. Well, Mbaku. and we're and we're going to do all of this in a big, huge Marvel action movie where we're going to have where it's going to be totally satisfying in its superhero ness. You know, uh, let's head off to to what seems like the British Museum. How can I help you? I'm just checking out these artifacts. They tell me you're the expert. Ah, uh, you could say that. And, and there, again, there's so much in this scene, and we are going to meet Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Winston, when he cut before he cut his dreads, as a matter of fact, the inspiration. <laughs> yeah you're not wrong that, that, was, that, was, that was definitely um, wore, wore my wore my jean jacket uh my sherpa jacket all the time just to pretend to be <laughs> to be he, he uh, i the charisma coming off this guy is like Ugh. is off the charts how powerful he is in every moment he's on screen don't tell rb3 but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, by the way some of his look is based on Tupac which I didn't realize mm. um, but I was like you know again he's connecting all sorts of stuff here and you know what is what is the British Museum this is the place where the colonizers came and took everybody's yep. shit yeah. You know, so again, this is stealing, just like stealing people to this other world. This is stealing their stuff, stealing their most important artifacts and say and put it behind a glass case. Where is this one from? The Bobo Ashanti tribe, present day Ghana, 19th century. For real? What about this one? That one's from the Edo people of Benin, 16th century. And you see a moment where this woman starts to her stomach hurts a little. Something, something's going on with her. Tell me about this one. 
Also from Benin, 7th century, Fula tribe, I believe. And Killmonger says, Nah. I beg your pardon. It was taken by British soldiers in Benin, but it's from Wakanda, and it's made out of vibranium. And she was like, because she didn't even believe, she was like, wait, what? He was like, don't worry, I'm going to take it off. <laughs> the fact that you, again, the swagger, as you just brought yeah. up in him, don't worry, I'm going to take it off your hands. Yeah, yeah. And, and her reaction was, we're not selling these. How do you think your ancestors got these? You think they paid a fair price? Or did they take it like they took everything else? <laughs> Strong. This is why he's I, such a good character. But again, it was oh, it's real. You know, again, it's one of it's one of those things that's real, but then it also goes back to Tanahisi Coates' run. His if you read Tanahisi's run, it is very political, if you will. It's about the politics within Wakanda. So when people find themselves getting upset, like, why are you bringing politics into this? A, you must never have read comic books a day in your life because <laughs> they all are predicated on it from politics to classism, socioeconomics, all that. But then this particular run for that was the basis for this is all about the internal struggles within Wakanda. I've read Ta-Nehisi's run numerous times over again before the movie came out. Because that's all it is. It's a political drama within the country. You got all this security in here watching me ever since I walked in. But you ain't checking for what you put in your body. And the moment of realization from her is great. Yeah. And then in come some medics. Um, Just right away, man. They got called really fast. And there is Andy Serkis's claw. Yeah. Ulysses I might like this character as much as Gollum. You know, it's yeah, yeah. I think he likes that character. We're gonna be honest with ourselves. Andy Circus had a you look at watch every scene with Andy Circus in this movie, he <laughs> is having the time of his life. Oh, yeah, really. He, he really is. And we haven't even, like, for me, my favorite scene with him is coming up when we get to the oh, casino. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, but, <laughs> but 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 you could tell. Like even even just a few moments later, when the medics come in and now they're they're staging all the murders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like go, go ahead, you can go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you do that? Oh, so now it looks like Ever just did it. Like, right. You know, he's just out here. Happy like, why you just didn't him. shoot him right here, bro? Like, <laughs> um, and he his weird hand opens up, shatters this case on this one thing that's supposed to be from Wakanda. By the way, gloves blue, color of the colonizers. And he grabs this item, uses his sonic powers or whatever, knock the rust off. And we see, yeah, this thing is vibranium. Um, and then Killmonger is looking at this mask. Do y'all know about the mask? No, what tell us. Did? It's oh, the mask yeah. from the comics. It's what oh, it wears in the uh, comics. Yeah. It's from the comics. Mm. They took, they took, they made a representation of, if you look at Eric Killmonger in the comics, that mask is similar to the way he looked, the, the mask and stuff he has on in the nice. comics. Nice. So that's why he used that. And then the medics roll out, uh, you know, with them in the gurney. And we have, you know, had a great little theft of this piece of vibranium. And now we're going to go back to Wakanda for the coronation. This whole um, setup is gorgeous. Yeah. Again, another, cry, another crying moment because it's beautiful. The way it's set up, it's beautiful. Not even when they get to the actual coronation set setup, the going to on the river. The dancing, oh. the colors, the the tribes together. It's a celebration. That was that was the first that was the first time I cried was was uh I, I, I got a little misty when we saw this. I cried after this scene was over, uh, just because of, of the pomp and circumstance of it all. But this is the beginning of me starting to feel those emotions really just jar loose. It's, 
uh, was. It's a celebration of this culture, and there's a joy in it. And you're like, I understand this, and I respect it at the same time. And as a, as a person who's not black or African, when you're watching this, you're just like, man. But, you know, because we have this Latino community, you know, we have these rituals, we have these dances, we have these celebrations. And so watching it, you can relate to it to a degree, but also seeing the joy and the vibrancy and the colors and everything and the respect. And then when the Dora Milaje do the, the thing with the swords and it sends oh. that huge, uh, uh, you know, power surge through the water, you're just like, man, this is just Again, an awesome spectacle. Tradition you know? and technology. Yeah. Yep. yep, they drained a waterfall, dog. Where did yeah. the no one tells us where the water goes to? <laughs> well, they drained. True. Well, well, and 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 you know the crew making this film, they felt this huge responsibility, so that that everything you're seeing is different ones of these tribes. In addition to having different color schemes, they have different accents that are from different regions in Nigeria. I mean, in Africa. So one's from Nigeria, one's from West Africa, one's from East Africa, one's from South Africa, and that they're using elements of those cultures. And one of the things that I was just thinking about is that, and I couldn't find the numbers, but there's surveys of Americans where there's a very high percentage that thinks Africa is a country of Americans, Mm -hmm. you know? And that, and so part of what they're doing is reversing that. They're, and it's almost like they're taking all 54 countries of Africa and, and bringing them together, symbolizing in this one country. You know, our, our uh, Americans' knowledge of Africa is like, you know, for shit. Like, really, no, absolutely nothing about this huge continent. And just the thing of like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the West Wing thing about the maps and how maps are racist. It's you got to oh, yeah. absolutely have to check this out. It's it's because the Decatur map that like we're all used to looking at, it looks like Africa is about the same size as Greenland. Africa is like 10 times the size of Greenland. You right. know, is that is that <laughs> everything about that map or even just the idea that uh, that Africa is on the bottom and yeah. Europe and North America is on the top. Well, why? There's no right. top and bottom in North and South. Yeah. Like everything, and, and that's just such a basic thing of how we perceive the world. And that, and they're saying in this comic book movie, we want to reverse that. Where Africa is the center of the universe. And then down comes uh, T'Challa, shirtless, carrying a shield onto Warrior Falls, which is an unbelievable set uh, in shot in Atlanta. Huge, huge set. Now we get to see Forrest Whitaker as Zuri. I, Zuri, son of Badu, give to you Prince T'Challa, the Black Panther. And now we go through the ritual where he's going to drink something that's going to take away his powers of Black Panther, that's going to open him up to ritual combat if somebody wants to challenge him. Winston, do the line. The powers of the Black Panther shall be stripped away. <laughs> the prince who now has the power of the Black Panther. Uh, like, there were memes for days with that. Yeah. Bro, all the, there were memes all for the, days. But it was beautiful because, again, this is that tradition. This is that tradition. You're going to, if you want to challenge for the throne, because, of course, he should be coordinated, but there are four royal kingdoms. They're royal kingdoms. And we want it to be a fair fight. So take away these abilities and challenge T'Challa as T'Challa. And we go through all the tribes. Do you want to challenge? Does the river tribe want to challenge? No, we don't. The border tribe? No, we don't. And we meet Wakabi. We see Wakabi for the first time and see that he's important. One of the biggest things I love seeing too, I think he was with the mining tribe with Nakia, the man who had the labret, Mm. the the lip disc. Mm. Again, 
yeah. African culture in its mm-hmm. purest. Mm-hmm. This is like a real thing to not take that away. And it was just, it was something beautiful for me personally. It was something beautiful about seeing that because that is African culture within itself. That's not something you just, you, you know, people can make it up or people can say, oh, is this not real? But that's the beauty of this excursion Kugler takes with his production team and the notes and the things you bring back and say, what to this uniqueness, to this experience do we want to bring into this film? And there's this moment where as the challenges goes around, sure he challenges. She like, uh, can we get this over? Like, because this corset is killing me. <laughs> and mom gives her a pinch. And but again, it's reinforcing this theme. She doesn't care about the traditions. She wants to take the air out of the traditions. She she thinks this is a little bit silly. I also find it interesting for those that are big just MCU fans in general. It really is almost the comparison of Shuri really is just like Tony Stark mm. in the sense of like she is the futurist. Mm-hmm. She is very like. I don't give a shit about your tradition. Like when, when you were doing the, the the press conference at Iron Man where he decides, you know what? Everybody sit down. I'm just going to sit, <laughs> eat this burger. Everybody just sit. She's just like, can we get this on? I want to take this corset off. It's hot out here. Like I don't want to be here no more. And T'Challa really represents in that same breath that Captain America, that like, this is how we've always done it. I will uphold these things, except this is my duty, et cetera, et cetera. So it gives you a nice uh, 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 symbolism to that relationship yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Here comes Thor, and here comes the Black Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Black Black Thor. yeah. You, are, you are correct. <laughs> and I guess it's all going to be cool. No one's going to challenge. I guess he's just going to be the king, and we're it's all going to be great. And then you get this entrance. This, this, now, now we're getting to the people that I love. <laughs> this entrance is amazing. Yes, I just is. the way it's filmed, the slow motion, where the camera is—it's just so dramatic. And these guys coming up, and, and Umbaku is a character for the comics. His uh, character in the comics is Man Ape. Glad, glad that we're <laughs> <laughs> when I heard the article was saying that they were going to do Man Ape but change his name, I was like, uh, yeah. yeah like, no, <laughs> let's, we're, we're good without that. Uh, Winston Duke, who just, man, he steals it. He really does. Uh, uh, and he comes in, and this is the Jabari. This is We heard about them in the, in the uh, prologue, and this is the group that has uh, gone up to the mountains. They have been very separate from Wakanda for centuries. And he comes in and says, We have watched, we have watched, and now you want to hand the throne over to the boy who could not protect his father. We will not have it all. No, we will not have it all. Maybe this is the time you don't put that in and let them do the lines. I like it. Steve. Oh no, they're, 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 they're going to be in. <laughs> that was another chat, but that was another that this this monologue was challenge. a challenge that spread across social media fast. Yeah, because it just was something about the power in which he delivered this. Well, it, it was the beginning also of God knows how many women I know that wrote the most inappropriate tweets about Winston Duke <laughs> being like being like. 
being like Mbaku can blow up yep. stuff yep. like that because he come thundering talking about mass <laughs> and like it just it was just so much. Well, that was the, that was the moment I wished I was a black dude in Atlanta because I'd have been one of them Jabari dudes. <laughs> I'd have been I'd have made my picture be a Jabari dude like yo baby you see me in this white chalk right here this is me in the chalk. <laughs> well, and this reinforces the same themes because as Wakanda is the country that separated itself from Africa, Jabari mm. is the tribe that separated themselves from Wakanda and Shuri who represents technology and advancement and the Jabari represent tradition and staying where we're supposed to be and so all these tensions between advancement and uh, tradition tensions between going out in the world staying away from the world they're all right here right in this challenge and this is the tribe that's teased at the, at the beginning in the opening, when they say yeah. four of the tribes said yes, but one tribe went off on its own, and that is the Jabari tribe. And which is crazy because their their resentment is technology as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their biggest resentment is using vibranium the to Rom- what it has become. They're the they Romulans. Won. They don't trust AI. They don't yes. trust technology. Yeah. Yes. Well, and that's uh, what I love to see was how they found a way to keep M'Baku true to his roots, but to get rid of the stuff that honestly was super problematic. Yeah. First of all, in in 2018, you can't be coming out introducing a character known as Manning. That's not going to well, go over well, very more so, well. Can you be more specific, sir? You can't introduce a black character, a large, a black, large black man from the gorilla tribe in Africa, known as Man right. in Africa, known as Manning. Do you know the the, the, the racism that would have run rampant if they had? Done I'm that? surprised it so did. Found a way to- I'm surprised it legitimately. To be quite, I'm being very yeah. honest. Yeah. I'm surprised somebody didn't do a dive. Was like, wait, isn't this who was supposed to be man ape? Go, fit? I'm su- You know what I'm saying? I'm surprised we didn't have that. I, I would say probably in the same way that even though everybody can kind of universally agree, this is top five Marvel films for me it still ranks in either one or two depending on what day you strike me I think there's this level of like people aren't going to necessarily go and challenge I'm sure if you went and found the the right Reddit page somebody's hollering about this but for the most part I don't think anybody was like pushing that hard for the same reason. I think that they were kind of like, ah, let's maybe not push this. I think the only thing that was a little weird for me, though I enjoyed it throughout the film and throughout the MCU, is that they took uh, they took Mbaku away from being a villain. And he really became an anti-hero yeah. as more because he never was. was a villain. He never. I mean, that's not true. Well, I mean, in that's this, not true. He was. I'm talking about in this movie. In this movie. About- Yes, mm-hmm. yes. In, in the, the movie, movie oh, yeah, I'm in, saying in the oh, yeah, comic, he's a he is hardcore. Oh, yeah, he's hardcore. Oh, absolutely. Like, he is definitely. He, essentially, what Killmonger is doing in this is what film Man-Ape is what Man-Ape is constantly trying yeah. to yeah. do. I, is be like, this is on me. Wakanda will be on top of this. Screw y'all. I'm going to be the yeah. king. Well, so, for me, I think one of the brilliant things that Stanley, Jack Kirby, what those guys introduced is the villains that are not, that you understand. Is that the the mm-hmm. Professor X Magneto relationship, you know, or even you know Reed, Reed Richards and Doctor Doom or whoever those those mm-hmm. those relationships where there's a pairing where you go, I understand why this person is doing what they're doing. I'm kind of with them, yeah. you know, yeah. even when they're doing yeah. things that are villainous. That's where that's the stuff I love. I, I it's funny because you look at Thanos in the comics and his whole reason for getting the infinity gauntlet and wiping out half the, 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 the existence is because he's just in love with lady death mm. is like very funny 
that like they did such a good job in the films being like, nah, it's more because like, you know, we don't use up all the universe's resources. So if I cut this in half, that <laughs> should help with that's that. That's why those Thanos was right. Just like there was Killmonger was right. There was Thanos. Yeah, yeah, when you look yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you look at the, the ideology in which they're thinking and you're like, I get what you're saying, but the way you want to <laughs> go about it is wrong. Well, well, right. So that was the other thing that was interesting though, like you said about Stan and Kirby is that, is, is that, even Thanos, I'm going to do this for Lady Death. How many of us have done the dumbest shit in the world for a girl or for a sure. loved one? Yeah. We're like, I'll go I'll go above and beyond right now to, to show my love. So, like, there's even though that seems like a little more far-fetched than I, I feel like we're, we're our population's booming too yeah. much. Even that feels a little relatable of, like, I'll do anything for the one I love. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Well, the one, that, the one that's so terrible is I'm bad, and therefore I will do things that are bad. Mm-hmm. That's the one where yeah. I just I'm out, you know. Yeah. Was never a big fan of Yellow Jacket for that reason. It felt it felt very like I just want money and I'm evil. Um, <laughs> I just want to be better than Hank Pym. Let's get in a, a fight scene. Let the challenge begin. This fight literally gets me emotional for several reasons. So many people don't know Mbaku's stunt double, Winston A. Duke, Winston Duke's stunt double, Winston A. Duke. Lord have yeah. mercy, I've been around Winston A. Marshall too long. <laughs> <laughs> Winston Duke's stunt double is my late friend, uh, pro wrestler Shad Gaspard. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people didn't know he was the stunt double for Winston Duke. So that fight is a lot of Shad, and it's 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 mixed. It's both. Like, they filmed it where Chadwick was actually doing the fights himself. And yes, of course, he had a stunt double because Marvel is like, hey, bruh. We yeah. can't risk you getting really hurt. Like, you're the star of this movie. But you have these these men who want to put on this, and the way Rachel Morrison shoots it mm-hmm. is the most beautiful thing ever from the angles in which she captures everything. And, yeah. and one of the things is, how do you show power? And Baku's power is so tangible. Man, when he hits him, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And you're you're afraid. I mean, you are. I mean, of course, we know we're watching Black Panther. We know that this is not actually the main bad guy. We know who the main bad guy is going to be. We know it's, he's going to win, but you're still afraid. Yeah. When um, he has T'Challa caressed. Oh yeah. And headbutting him with the mask on. Mm-hmm. That's how you. Sh- that's how you show power. No powers. No claws. No special suitor. Just a boy. Not fit to leave. Well, that's the moment is that there's this upside down shot of him looking back at his family. And one of the things that Ryan Coogler says is that's where T'Challa gets his strength. His strength comes from his family. Strength comes from his connection to Wakanda, to his family, to his father, to tradition. That's where the strength comes from. And that's what he digs into right now. Because again, we don't. He doesn't know about the misdeeds in which his father has done at the time. In his eyes, still, his father was the perfect king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, like you said, drawing that power. Well, and again, contrast that with Killmonger, who has no family. Right. Yeah. All the themes are here, um, and and T'Challa comes back, and he has Mbaku, and he gives him the moment to yield. You have fought with honor. Now yield. Your people need you. And, and I love the long pause and then the tap. You know, the tap, the universal sign of stop. 
<laughs> I love the fact that when he's dragging him closer and closer to the waterfall, all of the all of the village, the different villages, T'Challa, like like it just that same way that if you were watching a boxing match. Like, or if you were watching uh, a football game, you would start cheering for the, like, it adds that uh, that extra element to it. It gives it that, it, it, it gives homage again, because they're they're chanting in, in, in rhythm mm-hmm. to, uh, obviously, the score. But it also kind of gives us something to tap into if we're not necessarily familiar with all of that to be like, yeah, you would cheer for the guy you want. Yeah. There's you one know? thing we also missed in this, in this fight scene that's very important. Right before T'Challa and Mbaku battle, the Jabari and Nadora Malashe make a circle around them. Oh, that's right. Based mm. off at one another. Right. And as the fight progresses, you notice they all further collapse in and collapse in. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like, it. we're making sure no one else gets involved at all, but also not you and not you. Mm-hmm. You know, again, these are the Dora Mal- the, the, the Jabari, excuse me, are the only men that aren't, they're like, yo, we're going to go toe-to-toe with them, which they really have no clue what's about to happen to them if they really went down. <laughs> but... You see that, yeah. Well, I, that they they I mean they prove later on in the movie that Jabari are probably that the Jabari tribe is probably on a toe to toe level with the Dora. especially the women. I mean, especially yeah. the women. You remember that one woman you see from the uh, oh, Jabari? Yeah, yeah, bro, bro. When we get there, I have an interesting story about that. But the one other thing about those spears coming in is it also sh- makes the uh, the fighting space smaller. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So you're in this compressed situation. Yeah. It's a great battle. One other thing, by the way, I mean they're fighting. Fighting in water is hard, but they did uh, the the bottom of the pool of water is all padded, so you go through the soft water into padded ground, and that's what allows them to do some of those big hits uh, and flips. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. We go to the city. What's called the city of the dead, and mm-hmm. we're going to have the herb that the purple herb that gives him the heart herb. I think it's called heart shaped herb. Allow the heart shaped herb. To restore the powers of the Black Panther and take you to the ancestral plane. And you see the purple kind of go through his skin. And there's this moment of flashback where it flashes back to his father touching his face when he was Mm. a kid. And then we go immediately to right before his father's death at the UN from Civil War. Um, And then they start to bury him. Yeah. Um, And there's kids there, little kids helping. There's people that are T'Challa's age and there's old people. And what Ryan Coogler said was that this was really important to him because he wanted to show the generational familial connection Mm -hmm. through tradition and that this is a moment of life, death, and birth. And so he wanted all those ages there. Again, man, this is a deep movie. Like with so much, this is why I kept going like, fuck, Ryan Coogler is, he's got a lot going on. Because even when you get to the ancestral plane, Yep. After he's officially buried, you know, a lot of people took the symbolism, compared it to the Lion King because mm. the look and also, the, again, the colors, the regality of the purple, because purple yep. is a regal color. And so that's the main color you see under this tree where there are black panthers mm. and then the one panther forms and becomes T'Chaka, which lets you know that the essence of every king prior is there yeah. as a panther. Well, and purple is the color of the the heart herb, heart shape herb. herb. It's the color of Zuri's clothes because the spiritual that's where the spiritual will come. And I just watch Chadwick's performance as he takes this in. Mm. You know mm-hmm. that this is he truly because there's no sense that this is a a, a false dream. 
You know what I mean? No, this is your father. And this is every his father and his father's father and his whole history is right here. I'm I'm actually kind of curious about how this all played out. Uh just just on the history level, the the the, the plot line of obviously T'Challa was already the Panther when they were in Civil War when T'Chaka gets mm-hmm. killed. Because within two seconds of his dad right. getting killed, he's chasing down Bucky. So I'm I'm curious. Like he visited the plane before his father was alive. I'm curious who he saw the first. No, I don't think he. Pro- I don't think he. Pro- now here's a, here's an assumption I have. I don't think he visited the plane. Okay. I think because again the mantle of Black Panther is one thing. Because the father can't be the the warrior, the protector of Wakanda anymore. That's one thing. You only go to the ancestral plane. I mean, you get the heart shaped herb. You'll get the ability. But I don't think he went to the plane itself. You, but that's the, but that's the whole thing. In order to take the herb, which they've made it very yeah, you're clear, right. every you time know you take right. the herb, you right. go. You're fair. So I'm just yeah, curious: right. did he see his grandfather? Did he just see other kings? Like I'm, I that I, I know that sounds weird, and it's not direct to this movie, but it is something that I thought because about his father isn't dead at the time they, when he first gets it. Because his father wasn't dead yeah. the first time he took. You know what's funny? Everything you say, Winston, makes perfect sense. But I always thought of it the way Jay did: that mm-hmm. he had the superpowers, mm-hmm. but hadn't, but the 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 spiritual plane is is when you become king, right? Like, that's what the you ritualistic say, part. Yeah, I mean, I get you. I, I'm with I'm with Winston a hundred percent on what he's saying. Yeah, but it's like again, also the suit is a practical suit at the time too. When we go in Civil War, and at the beginning of this movie, this is the practical. Oh, let me put on my helmet. You remember what Shuri said? <laughs> right, so right, right, right. It's right, the right, practical right, right. suit. Yeah. it's it's sure. not the. Think about it, it comes on the nanotechs. Right, 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 right. So, you know, that time from which we see in Civil War with the suit, we, you know, we have to have that suspension of disbelief. Like, yeah. how quick do you say, let me take off the suit, let me put this on real quick? No, no, no. I, I, I understand all of that. I get I get that. It was just something that I thought about because, again, he clearly already had the hardship yeah. herb flowing mm-hmm. through him because he had to have the power stripped from him in the fight with right, the body. Right. So it, it definitely happened. And it's just, I guess, from the, the that's the whole thing from the comic lore, but even what they did here in the movie, the ancestral plane is definitely a part of when you take the herb, it, it, it more or less is an hallucination. Yeah. I mean, you are on that plane, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, but, you, you go out. But but yeah, the thing is, it seems like it is more, the ancestral plane visit is more of the rich, ritualistic coronation part. But, 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 but they have said, no, I get the herb itself knocks you mm-hmm. out. So regardless of whether they bury you underground, you get knocked out while it's, it's changing your DNA. Right. right. Or however, however. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. saying. So I, I'm not. I'm not knocking. No, 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 anything. no, not even I, I, I could also, and I could also agree that maybe it is you become king, then you, whatever. But I'm just. Then I'm curious. What did he see then? Regardless, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because the the only the other thing that you can make the argument with, Killmonger does become the king, but technically with T'Challa, T'Challa not dead, he's not officially the king, which we find out later on anyway too. But yet he still has that hallucination, mm. you know, or that visit to the ancestral well, plane. Yeah. So that's why I'm just curious. I, so, so I have two, two, two thoughts about this. One thought is we don't know what other stuff Zuri did with the red sand. And it might be that if you take the heart-shaped herb, you know, mm. home, but you don't go through the whole ritual, you don't go to the ancestors' plane. The other thing is, is that Civil War happened before they had a script for Black Panther. You know? This is true. Oh, yeah. That's you know, true. So yeah. That's, true. Like, that's true. They needed Black Panther to, to be the superhero. And so, you know. And we forget one, no, we forget be- one major thing, too. All of Wakanda, all the land, all the trees, the foliage, everything grows off vibranium. Mm-hmm. 
So that can affect the sand in itself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, but I, it has, I, I, the only thing I would say is it doesn't have anything to do with the sand because remember later on in the film, T'Challa gets it's buried no, in the snow. Right. Right. When he's mm-hmm. yeah. when, when he get, long he, as you're when he takes the herb, he does get buried in the yeah. snow with the Jabari. So it is. I think the burial process. I think that that ritual is part of it, but I don't necessarily know if it's okay. the soil that's yeah. doing it. And and really, this is a fully this, that's a this is a full geek conversation. That <laughs> there is no end to. Um, Back into this scene, one of the things I love is that uh, is that T'Challa says, I'm not ready. And T'Chaka's response is, but you've been preparing your whole life to be king. And he says, no, I'm I'm not ready to be without you. Yeah. You know, Oof. that's that's the one that got me, man. Yeah. When he said that, because I mean, having, when you lose your father, you know, having that experience of having lost your father, when movies get it right, it's a really uh, difficult thing to watch and, and emotionally uh, remember again. You know, as someone it. who lost their father and mother, I definitely, yeah, you yeah. know, it definitely. I'm not ready to be with that. I lost my father when I was five. I lost no. my mother when I was 27, right. and so, you know, I know that moment of I'm not ready to be without you. You know, even yeah. though I'm going to run the country, I'm cool with being the king. I'm fine yeah. with doing this. I just don't want to do this without you here. Right. right. Well, and it's also it's so tragic because T'Challa doesn't know yet. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, in his mind, in this moment, his father's just a great man. A man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. Have I ever failed you? Never. Tell me how to best protect Wakanda. I want to be a great king, Baba. Just like you. And his father says being a king is difficult for a good man. It's difficult for a good man to be a great king. To be a great king. So it's a little foreshadowing of what we're going to find out later on in the movie, yeah. That is one of the things that I appreciate so much about this mm. film, is it, it really is on top of that, the whole concept of the sins of our fathers. Yeah. Because think about it, Killmonger has taken on the war of his dad. Mm-hmm. It's not only a revenge for his father, but he's taken on the war of his yeah. dad. Um, and, and so has T'Challa. T'Challa has to bear the sins of his dad murdering his mm-hmm. brother, sitting on leaving his cousin out there in the cold um let alone this idea of uh, uh, isolation that t'chaka and all the kings before him have put into place but if you think about it's not even necessarily a bad thing what what word is thrown around all the time by shuri and many other people throughout wakanda is colonized Yeah. yeah They did it because they watched what happened the last time the outside world came to Africa mm-hmm. and stripped the continent of all of its resources and its culture and its people. So I don't blame T'Chaka and the previous kings for being like, nah, we good. Like, lock it down. <laughs> like, ain't nobody else coming in the house. Party's over. But, like, and, but, nah. this is, but this is the this is the essence, the conflict of the film. You know, it's like because yeah. in doing so, they allowed the colonizers to come do what they did. And then they didn't redress any of those things with all of their family, essentially, that yeah. is all over the world and, you know, in the diaspora. And, and it's, it's just, so what uh, Brian Kugler said about T'Challa, one thing he said that I thought was really interesting, by the way, is that he said he knew Killmonger right away, you know, because that's him. You know, he came from mm-hmm. Oakland. He understands mm-hmm. that guy. It took him going to Africa to understand T'Challa. It took a, it was a process of him understanding him. And one of the things he said is that his identity, which is all connected to his family and all connected to a tradition, that that is his flaw, hmm. that that is what he must overcome and actually become his own person in order to become a great king. 
and that's weird because that's like not weird, excuse me, but that's one of the things you see. That's a common theme throughout the Marvel Cinematic movies mm. with anyone who's the hero follow, following in a legacy. Yeah. Remember, Captain America is a soldier no matter what. He's mm. not a he, mentally he's not a he's a leader now, but he's still a soldier. Mm-hmm. Right. Thor is supposed to be the king. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Mm. You have people yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like what they all they all are. That's what's so interesting is they're all kings in their own mm-hmm. right. Like I mean, Tony is the king of a tech yeah, empire yes. given to him by his by mom. his father. Yep. Like you know, Captain America became essentially the king of America. Not really. Like he's not ruling, but that symbol of what he stands for. Thor obviously is supposed to take on the throne, like you said, from his dad when it's time for his dad to pass. So it's so interesting to see these various degrees of these characters having to take on the mantles of their forefathers, but maybe they don't want to, or maybe they're not ready or whatever else. And then this particular iteration is just so beautiful because you don't necessarily see the bad stuff that Howard, Howard Stark does. You don't, you, you sort of, Odin does by, by, you know, kidnapping Loki and whatnot. Like that was kind of that, but like now you're getting to see this in T'Chaka, which is. But but to Jay's point, which I think is a great point. And I'd never thought of it quite that way is that, what does Tony Stark have to do? He has to stop being the weapons distributor like his father was. Right. Yep. He has to escape that. Yep. Is Thor going to end up as the king of, of Asgard? No. Yeah. Like, all, all these yeah. people are actually escaping their destiny in, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, yep. Um, the one other thought I had here, think, just thinking about this, was because I, th- I was thinking a lot about Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and then I was thinking about, you know, the great heroes of African-American history. All of them... You know, whether it's Martin Luther King or Malcolm X or Jack Johnson or Muhammad Ali, whoever you want to name, they all are in opposition to something else. Like their struggle is always against the colonizers. T'Challa is a power on his own. Mm-hmm. He is not in opposition to something. He he is the king. That is just so different, you know. Well, actually, he is in opposition to change. He himself yes. is in opposition to change yeah. Yeah. because that's the one thing Nakia is constantly trying to drill into him. We can help the outside world and not even because it's not that we can help them and we would suffer. We can help them and nothing would change for us. And that's the once again, this is the deft, definitely brilliant thing that Ryan does in this with that storyline. Right. If it's Killmonger saying it from the beginning then we attach the idea of helping everyone around the world in a negative point of view but the fact that she says it before killmonger does it opens your mind a little bit more to the possibility so that when killmonger comes along you see that the way he wants to use it is for evil but the way she wants to do it is for good so he has two people working on his mind showing him the path that of you know extending out and helping other people but there's a right way and a wrong way to do it you know killmonger wants Ryan to hit us with that inception yeah. man he hit yeah. us with that inception you got to you got to plant the seed and then watch it germinate mm-hmm. that's S- that's how filmmakers do that yeah. the exception was going to say also he did germinate with a whole bunch of sonic cannons <laughs> i mean when, when you think about it realistically like killmonger was like he was all about this jump but they realized like yo you got a sonic cannon that's undetectable and in the palm of your hand. Yeah, we're going to liberate some folks. Like- <laughs> breathe. T'Challa, breathe. He was there. 
course, man. And then it's later, and we're in the city of Wakanda. And this was important to Ryan Coogler, too, that you see the life of the city. That you see kids and food and stores and all of that stuff, that this is a real place. Yeah. One important thing, everybody has the Kamoya beads. Because they make it seem like mm. the Kamoya beads are specific to like those higher up in the royal family and those connected. Until if you pay attention to it, like, again, it's those little small things. Everybody has some level of technology, first and foremost, and has those Kamoya beads. Mm. I had noticed yeah, that. No, it's the, that's that was their that's their cell phone. That that's their iPhone right there because that thing does everything. Bring up yeah. zoom on your wrist and and yo, we need a layout of uh, we're trying to like, you know. What hey I'm man, saying? anybody like, got Postmates on this? Oh, yeah. You know, or, yeah. Hey bro, I'm hungry. Can you send for like a for some oxtail real quick? Go ahead and hit them up. On God, the- I hope Zuckerberg <laughs> never develops Facebook for that thing because that would. Uh, <laughs> um, and he's with Nikia. And he says to her, stay. Like, yo, you always gone. Just baby, stay with me. I'm a king now. I came to support you and to honor your father, but I can't stay. I've seen too many in need just to turn a blind eye. I can't be happy here knowing that there's people out there who have nothing. What'd you say, Winston? You set it up and they let it germinate. Yeah. Yep. Because that's, that's again, that's what this is doing. Um, it's so funny because I literally my next note is what you, you just said, which is it's just like what Killmonger is saying in a different way. What would you have Wakanda do about it? Share what we have. We could provide aid and access to technology and refuge to those who need it. Other countries do it. We could do it better. And I, and I think the way you even do it, too, and, and this is what T'Challa has to get to. Nobody's saying you got to turn around and give away massive stores of vibranium or give away weapons. You could literally, like you said, aid. Like later on, we're going to watch, you're going to watch Agent Ross get shot in the spider. We're like, oh, he's dead or crippled. That's yeah. it. Like he's, he's, his, his life is done. And sure, he's like, nah, Wakanda, son. Like, <laughs> just like well, all of a sudden he's. Well, dead. also, because the, the reason being this scene with Nakia saying what we can do and give aid and technology and not whatnot. T'Challa's brain doesn't look at just aid as in medical relief and building building hospitals. It's what happened with vibranium. Again, taking vibranium, making weapons. That's the thought process. He thinks of the worst what happens, not the best. Well, and, you know, I mean, we've been talking a lot about Africa, but this is the United States, the richest country on earth, who is constantly <laughs> going through what can we do in the world. And there are times where we do the Marshall Plan. And there are times where we say America first, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to mention which time I think we're in right now, but, uh, <laughs> but it is definitely a tension. If you are not so stubborn, you would make a great queen. I would make a great queen because I am so stubborn. Ah, see, if if that's what I wanted. And my man was like, uh, uh, that, 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 yeah, you said it. Yeah. She was like, if I wanted to, first of all, you're not going to destroy this. Because the child really, because you see him. Again, this is the, the, the range, the level of the character that Chadwick Boseman brings. He said, ah, you, you, you said, see, you said you'd be a great queen. Look, <laughs> you, you're, you're thinking about it. You know, so you know how guys we are when we're in a relationship. See, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. So you're telling there's me a there's <laughs> right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're saying there's hope, right? Um, well, that's it, it's it's the small goofiness of his character that makes him lovable. You know, like it's such a key little piece of him. Uh, we go off to this ranch and we're feeding a rhino. Glory to Basti is getting big. 
It's a rhino. First of all, can we can we not? Ex- ex- why are we? Spe- oh, look at the little baby rhino. No, he's getting big. It's a rhino. So you want to know what it actually is? Yeah. It's a Clydesdale. Yeah. They had oh, a because Cly- wow. they needed to find an animal that had a similar gait to a rhino. Uh, so they have a big ass Clydesdale to stand in for the rhino there. In a green in a green tarp, <laughs> probably. And also. That also makes sense. I don't know many people that have trained rhinos yeah. just chilling hey, down bro. the of your Hey, bro. So. Hey, bro. You want to see? I want to see a cute little rhino just eat the apple. Like, look, 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 look a cute little dangerous rhino just eat this young apple. And, and what's interesting is, is that they talk about Nakia, but then they get into the same question is that she thinks that we should do foreign aid and deal with refugees. And he is the, he represents a different political stance. Nakia thinks we should be doing more. More like what? Foreign aid. Refugee programs. You let the refugees in, they bring their problems with them. And then Wakanda is like everywhere else. Now, if you said you wanted me and my men to go out there and clean up the world, then I'd be all for it. That, that which, like you said, and that's something I don't necessarily, like, I, I keep missing that because soon after Okoye calls and, you know, you do the whole my love, and you're like, oh, I, so I paid attention to the relationship. I completely missed that. He has already made it clear that the minute Killmonger shows up, he's gonna be on. Yeah, him. he about red. Oh, I, you want a red shop? Yo, let's. As soon as you say, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's interesting too because you get the sense that he's got a long relationship with T'Challa and that they are friends. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. his political stance, man, he he flips pretty quick. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say he he flips. It's sort of like what we will see later when it comes to Okoye, when Nakia wants to wants uh, right. her and the Dora Milaje to help, when she says, I am loyal to that throne no matter who sits upon it. We're going to get to it, but this is what I really like about it, is that their stances are similar but different. Because, yes. because yes. when T'Challa shows back up and is alive, Okoye goes, oh, the thing that made me say I'm loyal to that throne, that's now in flux. Mm-hmm. But Wakabi goes, no, I still believe in this Killmonger guy. You know, right. and and that's what's that's what makes this interesting. You know, let's go have a meeting. I well, right, right, right before we get to that, I, the only thing I, I just love is that moment with the with the beads. Just it's like my king, mm, my, my love. love, like that, like that. Sh- oh, that just that that pulled in my heartstrings a little bit. I know that sounds because it was like because again, Okoye is this tough general, and it's just yeah. my love. Absolutely, absolutely, and something that we're gonna pay off later. A misidentified Wakandan artifact was stolen yesterday from a British museum. We have learned Ulysses Claw plans to sell the vibranium to an American buyer in South Korea tomorrow night. And that again, we see all the different tribes and they all have slightly different agendas. Wakanda does not need a warrior right now. We need a king. My parents were killed when he attacked. Not a day goes by when I do not think about what Claw took from us, from me. It's too great an opportunity to pass. This set, this was the design. It is a fourth century Mali pyramid is the base. And then it's like a glass floor looking down at the ruins. So you have this mix, which is something they did constantly, of technology and tradition. You know, is that traditional things are mixed with technology. And one of the things Kugler said is he said, if you're in the British Museum, all the past is behind glass. And here the past is tactile. It's touch. We're there. We're a part of it. We would never put anything separate from us, which I, again, I was like, man, it's brilliant. And now we find out that Wakabi and the border tribe, that it was his people that were killed by Claw in this raid 30 years ago. 
that we hear about in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Mm. Because that's the raid where he has all the vibranium and Ultron wants to get it. Mm. And then, you know, we first hear, uh, you first hear Banner say, what, 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 Wakanda? Like, that's how he says it. And that's when you find out about, so all these things, he's been hoarding all this two tons of vibranium trying to find somebody to buy it for decades. And what's so interesting is Wakabi says, he says, okay, I'm going to go get Claw in, in Korea. And Wakabi says, then I ask. You kill him where he stands, or you bring him back to us. And to Charles' responses, You have my word. I will bring him back. I also love the fact that everybody is so bound to avenge or protect their family. So Wakabi's out here trying to, like, T'Challa went and got that, tried to get that revenge for T'Chaka. Killmonger's on this warpath to avenge his yeah. dad. Like, it's the, there's this there's this strong passion to defend and protect and avenge uh, the, no pun intended, their fathers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was just, it's the same thing. Like that that fiery, I mean, Tony struggles with it in Civil oh, yeah. War. Like I'll, I'll give a sh- Captain America, I'll murder you. I got to kill the dude that killed my parents. Yeah. Well, so. well, and T'Challa's going to have the opposite thing because his father is the person that is responsible. Yep. He's got to face that. Uh, let's go see Shuri in her lab. <laughs> um, I love that she. The first thing she does is bow. It says, "My king." <laughs> Cut it out. Well, yep. <laughs> I love the. I, one of the thing again, production design. Oh yeah, because this again, it brings technology and it gives you this hip hop urban flair at the same time, while also blending in African motif and culturalism. You get so much in one just in Shuri's lab. Going, oh, no. going to Shuri's lab. Not even when you're in the lab. Yeah, and this scene is really fun. By the way, uh, Hannah Bleacher, who's the production designer, she took a lot of Kirby. Took a lot of Kirby, mixed it with lots of African design, lots of modern. I mean, there's a lot of thought that went into all this stuff. Um, and what what's one of the and, and the funny thing too is this is Q. You know, it's you know, Shuri's yeah. the Q for Black Panther. And we go over some of the technology and we see her interact with that sand table that is so cool. And then and then he asks the questions, what are these? And she says, The real question is what are those? What are those? <laughs> you, what are those? And I wish and that's the only problem. Like I wish like the movie would sandals. I wish the movie would have came out so much earlier. School for that. I bet they loved it. Again, so cool. traditional <laughs> versus change. Yeah. Which, which Jay, I'm sure you recognize too. That's that uncle. That's the uncle at the cookout sandals right there. That's that's a thousand percent. If you're wearing some of those, you're about to make some damn good ribs. I'll tell you right now. I wish to God that I wish that like the movie would have came out a little bit earlier so everybody would have understood the what are those reference because by the time it came, most, most did because most time most people, but it has started to fade slowly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, bro, I'm telling you, the minute I saw that, I was like, oh, damn, T'Challa be making some damn. <laughs> I'll be God. like, yo, he'd be at the barbecue. Ki-. And they said those are Alexander McQueen sandals, though, he had on. Really? Yes. Wow. Those wow. were Alexander. So, like, we we talking about it, but the man's sandals probably cost like 30 racks. <laughs> I mean, he got it in spades, bro. I mean, he got, oh, he, he, he holding big joke, a little joke, Ace King Queen. <laughs> we get, we, dude. He had all thirteen books. He has all yeah. thirteen. <laughs> uh, we get our little sneakers joke. We go over to these necklaces, which are actually the whole uh, Black Panther suit. And then she says, "Strike it." Anyway. Mm-hmm. 
I love the fact you see T'Challa sizing up the suit on the dummy. He's like, so you want me to go on in? And, and then just like, bye. What? Not so hard. You break everything in my life. And then she, it's kind of glowing purple. She says it absorbs kinetic energy and says, strike it again. And she's no, she filming. Didn't even tell, she didn't even tell him at first. She didn't tell him it absorbed kinetic energy. Oh, oh yeah. She did she, she, no. she does. No, no, she does. She does. She does. She does. Yeah, yeah. She does. She oh. does, because the last thing in the scene is delete that footage. Yeah. No, <laughs> so no she tells him after he kicks it again. No, 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 not at all. It, it was, it's literally, it's literally right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because he, he looks, he goes, hey, look, what the is this? You're right, you're yeah. right. He, go, he goes, what is this? And he goes, it absorbs the kinetic right. energy, kick it in the same spot. And then. <laughs> but then, but wait, she goes so cool when she be like, hold on for a second, please. That's what her. Whenever you're ready, now you don't do this. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, uh, we head off to, to Busan and we're in like the fish market and we talk to this Korean woman. And of course, Nikia speaks perfect Korean, you know, and it's she's basically the gatekeeper to go into this casino and she kind of talks her way through. And we go from the fish market into this green room. Nikia, of course, dressed in green. Okoye dressed in red. With a wig, which is, mm-hmm. becomes important. Uh. T'Challa dressed in black. <laughs> yeah. And they're walking with T'Challa in the middle. And this is, which I never thought of, but then listening to Ryan Coogler, green, red, black. That's the pan-African African flag. flag. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's that's just so... And I don't know what the process was. Like, when you come up with ideas, you don't necessarily come know, you know what order they came up with. But the moment that they figured that out, that's just really, really cool. I think it might be because this might have been a moment where you have Ryan Coogler here where every single moment in this movie needs to have some symbolism of something, mm-hmm. right? And this could have been a shot that just didn't have anything that really stood out at the moment. Oh, I have I have a brilliant moment of that later on in this scene in the casino that is considered one of the funniest moments, but also the symbolism is insane. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know what we'll you're, get, talking, we'll I know, you're talking about, too. I think we would be, too. So we go into this casino, and this is, you know, it's a little James Bondy. They have, you know, a little, they can hear what they're each saying. They're, they spot Agent Ross in the casino and realize that, oh, he's got to be the buyer from Claw. What I'm doing or not doing on behalf of the U.S. government is none of your concern. Now, whatever the hell you're up to, do me a favor, stay out of my way. Claw is leaving out that dog with me. Uh, and then we get our Stanley moment. I think I'll just hold on to these. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, now we have a whole bunch of SUVs uh, pull up, and out comes Claw. Then you got so you got a Nakia at one point, and you got a Koye on another. They're all doing reconnaissance because now they're why? Because against Chala's like, yo, Everett Ross is here with CIA and then Ross even tells his people was like so the king of Wakanda is here y'all like <laughs> like y'all need to really like because he doesn't again he even mentions in his little moment with T'Challa I don't tell anybody about how the king of of the Wakanda runs around in a cat suit like I don't tell nobody so like again only people in that's privy to the information knows he's the Black Panther and he knows what the Black Panther can do. So he like, right. God damn it. Y'all got to watch out. Well, and they start looking around and it's like, oh, there's two people coming. No, it's three. No, six. There's a lot of people coming in. And then uh, <laughs> this moment <laughs> where Ross says, well, that is quite the entourage. You got a mixtape coming out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, there is one. 
Yeah, I'll send you the SoundCloud link if you like. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll get on the SoundCloud link. Uh, I love that. That was the part about Andy Serkin that I was like, you clearly know he's having fun. He's out offering SoundCloud. <laughs> how in a minute he's gonna be like, that was all. I made him. Wait, when he go like when he go like he genuinely when he saw this thing like what they wanted to do, he really did get excited. He's having so much fun with this part, and even like the putting the hand on Ross's shoulder and kind of rubbing his shoulder until he goes. Oh, that's that's enough. Um, and pulling the vibranium out of his pants, you know, mm-hmm. he's yeah. having a ball. When he goes, I made it rain. I made it rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then uh, someone notices Okoye. I, a she spans that spear and takes him out. <laughs> and then it's throwing the wig in the face. Okay. I knew that's yep. what it was. <laughs> I knew what it was. That was. That was what I was talking about. There's a lot of symbolism here. Uh, first of all, the, I think the biggest one to be pointed out uh, is the fact that, especially here in America, but in Western civilization in general, black women have been made to live by essentially white beauty standards, mm. which means all the chemicals that are being put in, all the straightening, everything else is one of those things that is just not only have billions of dollars been taken from black women on that accord, the amount of pain and struggle and whatnot. And in the, the last probably decade, this idea of the big chop and wearing your hair natural has kind of come into, into that fold. So not only do we get Okoye like complaining about the wig throughout the espionage part of the scene, to actually see her take it off and be like, no, I'm way more effective when I'm just myself. That like, And I remember watching some commentary where Ryan said that. But... One, she found a way to make her hair a weapon. That's just badass <laughs> in and of itself. Two, to have that that staunch, just like man, fuck this, I'm doing me, like is so beautiful. And it is that same again. Talk about another symbolism. I have seen so many black women feel so freed to know I don't have to go to the beauty salon every like couple weeks and drop a couple hundred like on my hair. Right and not be able to swim, and not be able to fight, and not be able to do all the things that I want to do because I'm worried about my hair. Like, it was so amazing. And there were so many great music videos of people, like, talking about, uh, you know, uh, ladies, take your wigs off. Like, like <laughs> all sorts of throwing stuff that it just... That moment, I remember every single black woman in the first time I saw it go, yes! <laughs> like with the hair. Well, and I'll add, I'll add one more thing to that, which is that her symbol of rank is tattooed on her head. Yep. So, yeah. So taking the wig off, the wig is obscuring the most important part of her identity. You know, mm-hmm. so taking that off, she gets to become who she is. And this action sequence is great. Can we ask? Can we answer one question too? How dope are vibranium weapons that that long ass spear came out oh, of nowhere? Yeah. <laughs> like she just pulled it out, was like, Shoo. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> dude, Sherry needs a raise. I don't know what they're paying her. But she needs a raise. <laughs> well, the it's, I've heard this a couple times now. The, the, I, I think Feige said it, but that Shuri is in fact the smartest person in the Marvel universe. Well, yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 They, they've, they, because they, they, and they prove that point when they get to Wakanda in, in to Infinity take out War, the stone out of Vision's head. To take out the stone out of Vision's head. No, like, we were like, yeah, it was like, well, why didn't you just do this, this, and this, and this? And then she was like, they were like, well, because we didn't think. And wait, did. Vision, and the fact <laughs> that Vision even looked at him like, yeah, why are you thinking about this? Like, <laughs> and sure is like 17. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, which to- is what's why. Tony starts 50 something. Can you imagine the Iron Man suit that oh. Shuri, like, creates? 
Oh my god, let her reverse engineer all the Tony stuff and then make it 20 times better. <laughs> oh, this is what it does. Oh, this is so outdated. I've been yeah. three generations ahead of this. <laughs> well, Friday is like, what is she doing, boss? Boss, what's she doing? <laughs> so, this action sequence, they were practicing in the space when they were building the set. So, they're like, they have, you know, construction crews building all around them. And then they have big cardboard boxes standing in for like the crap stables and stuff so they can crash through them. And I just imagine the chaos of trying to do fight choreography when people are building all around you. The fight scene is great. In particular, there's one beautiful Kodagashi throw, which is, I do Aikido, and it was like, oh, that was really good. Um, and the, nice. uh, but also there's a shot that's a wonder where we go up to the balcony with stuff with Okoye, mm-hmm. and then there's a huge stunt, which is done for real, coming off the balcony. We fly down. I mean, it's a really, really cool Also, I don't know if you guys heard. So, again, it's a part of the score. But when you hear the chop, 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 that's a woman warrior call. That's a female warrior cry. And so it's that's why it's significantly played during that moment when she is going off. And it mainly happens whenever it is whenever the, the door melange. Yep. So even when they're even when they're fighting a killmonger near the end, yep. it plays then yep. too. So Claw's arm open up, and we have this huge, huge blast. Well, that's right before T'Challa calls him out and says "murderer." Mm. Doesn't even call him Claw; just says "murderer." And then in the reply, like, you look just like look your just daddy. Just like, like your that. old man. Nah, yeah. and, and that's when T'Challa, again, you know this man got the strength of the Black Panther when he picks up a vault. Yeah. <laughs> he picks up a vault on wheels and throws it to uh, block the, the blast. I made the train. And we end up <laughs> and we end up outside in this super cool car chase. Oh, that was awesome! That was awesome! That was awesome! That was awesome! That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we have we have two pairs because we have Nakia and Okoye in one car, um, which again is the more traditional person paired with the person who believes in change. And then we have Shuri who ends up remotely controlling a car, which is just cool technology. So, and I love how they set it up is that she is essentially in the car, even though she is not in the car. Also the voice, do you know the voice of the automated system was for her? Mm. Trevor Noah. Remote driving system activated. Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Feige wanted this to be a, an amazing car chase and b he wanted to introduce the new suit and everything the new suit could do the stunt driver the coordinator of the stunt driving same guy who did baby driver did drive and does all the cars for john wick oh okay so that makes sense yeah that makes sense um I love the just the pose of Black Panther on top of that car is so cool. Mm-hmm. Like they find a way to make him move. And this is just something I'm so fascinated is that he doesn't move like Spider-Man. He doesn't move like Captain America. He moves like Black Panther. You know, mm-hmm. he has his own particular style that I just love. Shuri also murders someone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, when does she Shuri drives over somebody? Remember, and remember she, it, yeah, it says, what was that? And he goes, he just says, keep driving. Just keep driving. You're doing fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep yeah, driving. Yeah, You're doing yeah. fine. But it was one of the bad guys, though, if it I remember. It doesn't matter. Sure, he murders somebody. <laughs> I mean, come, well, bro, the MCU has a murder problem. Yes, right? it does. <laughs> villains get murdered on a 20 Not even just main season. villains. Like, henchmen die a lot. Well, <laughs> all the time. Well, just people that are in buildings and, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <it's> just violence. <laughs> 
That's why the Sokovia courts had to come along because y'all just out here murdering everybody. <laughs> I, I, I mean, lo- you think you're doing okay. You you think in your heart you're doing right, but you're killing everyone. <laughs> I love I love the moment where they're driving and sure he's like, we can't make it, and he jumps off the car, pulls it up on a two wheels. Ah, super cool. When he rips when when he takes his claw and rips the wheel out of uh, oh. Claw's ve- Claw's oh, vehicle, yeah, and then when the, even the part when he runs up the wall after the car, he's, yep. I was like, or uh, bro, that the, the time where they they've been shooting him, so he's been collecting all that kinetic energy, does the whole jump and lets that the, the kinetic energy explode him back onto the car. I was like, fam, well, it, fam, it, that whole it, it, this is what's so impressive to me is like you know we talked about this, John, like way back talking about the Matrix, where yep. where where is that you have a movie that is so cool in terms of action but is also about something, you know? And this is the same thing where it's like having it have deep themes doesn't mean you can't have a badass action sequence. Right. And exactly. this one is fantastic. And the, the, and Claw and his bad guys open fire on the vibranium car. And Claw's like, you can't get through that. And what, what does Okoye do inside her bulletproof car? She gets out. Yeah. Yep. But wait, yep. she puts the so she got good. She got metal like sticky shoes. She got good shoes. She got sneakers. She got bro. sneakers. She got her sneakers. sneakers. <laughs> but wait, but wait, she sticks her spear through the thing to hold the balance and the kid like, hey, what did well, you do? Well, and what's so funny about it is like we've been watching Black Panther on top of a car for a few minutes. And so why is this other person just getting on a car dramatic? Part of it is the way she gets out of the car is slow. It all happens mm-hmm. slow. And then her pose is so badass. On t- I mean, it is so cool what she does. The, dude, throwing the spear so perfectly, it destroys through the middle of one of those SUVs and still scoops up her, her spear. And then the fact that when they do catch up to Claw and Claw blows the car up, that she's such a warrior in midair, catches her own spear, stabs it down to prevent herself from getting hurt. The same way that you would see a Captain America use his yep. shield mm-hmm. to like yeah. shield an impact. She knows how vibranium works so well. She calculates in time to land it on the ground. And uh, obviously the comic relief moment of that is <laughs> rolling up with just the wheel to slide so into the great. end. Man. Dude, but so the way the look she has, Okoye has on her face when she's like, if I don't catch this. Like, because it isn't one of those, because, you know, it isn't one of those moments where it's like, oh, I'm guaranteed to catch this. It's one of those, I might miss this. And I have to show the, the seriousness in this scene without saying anything. It's just my actions have to show it. Um, and, th- and and then the next thing, there's a huge explosion. And there's this moment where Black Panther runs up the wall uh, in the midst of this explosion. Yeah. You want to know where Ryan Coogler's in- inspiration for that moment is? What? Bo Jackson. <laughs> wow! Really, the, the Kansas City moment when, when he runs the up the wall and caught the ball. Damn, that's brilliant! Isn't that awesome? Oh my god, that's brilliant! Wow, um, dude. Uh, and, and 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 then we have another moment where everyone fires at him. The suit absorbs it, uh, and then he goes and rips off Claw's arms and asks, "Where did you get this weapon?" Look at me, Madara. Where did you get this weapon? You savages didn't deserve it. Kugler says that he has never seen an actor put so much into things as Andy Serkis. I mean, yeah. Like the body sacrifice, the complete, total commitment to everything. Well, because we're so used to seeing what he does in mocap. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like he's done it so much. We don't see it. This is the first time I think we've really seen it physically. 
Because yeah. we're used to seeing it all in mocap. And when we watch these characters and you're like, when you look at Gollum, you're like, what? Yeah. How he moves and everything. When you're watching uh, him as Caesar, you're looking at the movements that he's making and everything. And again, we don't give him his flowers for that. Yeah. But now we see the actual physicality he put into this role. Yeah. You compare him to a number of the on camera. Like, look at him in 13 going on 30, where he's playing like the boss of a magazine and he's way more like uh, flowing with his movements. And then you look at the ferocity and joy he has playing Ulysses Claw and how his forearms are even thick as hell and just the, the cut of his beard, everything. So that when any moment that he's on screen, there's just this electricity because he's so committed to what he's doing and he's physically 100%. matched the point of what he's trying to do the whole time and it's like it's incredible to watch yeah i i you also have to give like it's it's one of those things you want to talk about good direction yeah. i give i give ryan so much credit for giving him that freedom because he felt restrained a little bit in age of Ultron mm-hmm. because it was oh, right. supposed to be such a, mm-hmm. a little mini homage yeah. moment you didn't get the same like you got hints of it that same kind of sarcasm was there but he didn't get to be nearly as free as Ryan being like, bro, do your thing. Yeah. And then he just like really cut loose. Yeah. And then to sit there and in that moment when after he's after T'Challa approaches him, he's like, this is how you know Ulysses Claw is so smart. Yeah. He knows people are recording. Because that's when he just, because think about it. No other time would you ever hear Ulysses Claw go, oh, mercy, king, mercy. Right. Well, and this is the thing, too, is that T'Challa's just been through this huge battle. He's amped up. The testosterone is flowing. And what did we leave things with uh, Wakabi, who said, kill him where he stands? And he mm-hmm. said, I will bring him home. And we have this, again, the tension between revenge, which he wants, and justice. And there's this moment where we, and and this just occurred to me, what did his father do is kill someone in a moment of passion and now he, I don't know that T'Challa wasn't about to kill Claw at this moment until yeah. Okoye says the world is watching. Oh, yeah, because he was going to, oh, oh, he was, kill he was about to die. Yeah. He was going to cut him up with those claws. Because mm-hmm. the fact that if you pay another attention, it's, it's really a small thing to pay attention to. This is what Ryan Coogler and Rachel Morrison did. A lot of people don't. You get to see Chadwick Boseman's eyes mm. in that moment. Because remember, the, the suit normally has the white when the suit's all the way you know, filled up. You don't see the eyes. When he approaches Ulysses' claw, you see Chadwick Boseman's yeah, actual eyes. It's, I want you to look me in the eye as I do this. So that's it's a small little detail that, that, that has a lot of poignancy. So listen, cinephiles, we knew that the discussion of Black Panther was going to be big. And John and I planned for this to be a two-part episode. But we... <laughs> Have, this conversation has been so great. I don't know. We might end up in three, but I think this is a good point to end part one of our exploration of Black Panther in honor of the great Chadwick Boseman. And of course, we're raising money for the National Children's Cancer Society. Just go to NCCS dot org slash donate dash black panther and of course we want to hear what you think of black panther so visit us on our facebook page do a search for the cinephiles and you can subscribe to the show on itunes or youtube stitcher spotify if you want to buy black panther or any other movie we've ever done just go to cinephiles.net and you can support the show on patreon.com slash the cinephiles you can reach cinephiles on twitter at cine underscore files the cinephiles podcast on instagram you can reach me at sr morris on twitter sr morris 
one on Instagram. John, where can they reach you? You can always reach me at the Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram, and come on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca Says. And we want to thank our incredible guests, Winston A. Marshall and Mr. J. Washington. Thank you so much. This has been just the beginnings of an unbelievable conversation. <laughs> thank you, thank you. This has been a blast. This again, I'm. I, I think I can speak for Winston, and he'll add on. Well, this is one of those movies you get us talking about. We can continually <laughs> talk about nonstop. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole thing. I have a whole other Black Panther conversation for you, and, and something else, Jay. So trust and believe. Yes, this is something <laughs> we can talk about for a long. Long, 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 long time. But uh, but thank you. It's been a, it's been an honor to be here, and I'm excited to to continue to have this conversation. Well, and people wanted to reach you in the worlds of social media. How would they do that? Yeah, uh, you can find me. Uh, this is Winston speaking. I'm realizing this is a podcast. Uh, <laughs> the Swaggy Blurred. T H E S W A G G Y B L E R D. That's all socials: Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, I do stream stuff on Twitch, so all, all that kind of stuff. You can find me there. I am at, this is Jay, I'm at Mr. Jay Washington, M-R-J-A-Y. You should know how to spell Washington on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Also, Winston and I collectively have a show we do every Tuesday and Thursday live called Blurds in the Hood. It's on our YouTube and Twitch channel. You can go to youtube.com slash Blurds in the Hood, twitch.tv slash Blurds in the Hood, and follow us. By, by the way, blur, in is not I-N. It's, it's the letter N. So Blurds, the N, letter N, the, the hood. hood. Yes, and also we're on Twitter at Blurds in the hood so please follow us there that's great and thank you thank you both so much and i think that is it for this week we will see you next time as we continue our very deep exploration of black panther next time on the cinephiles A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.